following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Corolla Classics is brought to you by LifeLock. There's a new tactic for stealing your credit card and personal information that's recently been discovered. And this new web skimming attack, or as they call it, e-skimming, it injects malicious code into a compromised e-commerce website's checkout process that pulls your order information to display it on a fake checkout page, and then they steal your information there. So it looks legit, but really it's not, and it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet, and you could miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit. But good thing, there's LifeLock. LifeLock is a leader in identity theft protection, and they detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they send you an alert. It's LifeLock. Tell them, Geo. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own. Join now and save it to 25% off your first year by using promo code ADAM. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use promo code ADAM for 25% off. Hello and welcome back to Corolla Classics for Sunday, January 24th, 2021. Thank you so much for tuning in. We got a great show for you. My name is Chris Loxamon, executive producer of the Adam Corolla Show, and with me, as always, Corolla archivist, super fan Giovanni. Hey, everybody! Getting ready for uh, part two of all those episodes we previewed yesterday. You'll be actually to the good stuff today. Let's do it, and we're going to kick it off with one of my favorite musical guests that's come in, Matt Nathanson. Adam Cruel Show 1178 with uh, Aaron Tapp, David Wilde, Allison Rosen, Brian Bishop. And this portion is just Matt, Allison, Brian, and Adam. This is from October of 2013. Uh, Matt plays Girl in the Kink Shirt, and then Allison tells her Aryan boyfriend story to Matt, who'd never heard it before. It's quite good. Check it out. back matt nathanson is here he's going to perform live for us last of the great pretenders is the name of the new album available on amazon and uh, itunes as well you know what to do uh i got questions because uh, my good buddy uh bobcat goldthwaite actually directed one of his uh videos so we can talk about that matt i'll tell you what let's uh, you're all set up so uh you tell us the first song we're going to hear play it and then sit down and we'll chat Cool. So this is uh, Kink Shirt, which is the song that Bob did the video for. Oh, great. Yeah. It's all there in your chipped fingernails. Oh, oh, oh. It's all there in the twist of your pigtails. Oh, 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 oh. It's the way she walks, 
way she talks I can't stop thinking about the girl in the pink shirt Take me home to San Francisco Can't stop thinking about the girl in the pink shirt You and my imagination You and my imagination You and my imagination Can't stop thinking about the girl in the pink shirt Oh, oh, oh Sidewalk, mariachi I see you in your party dress Played out, sitting and see Bring on the apocalypse I don't need no songs playing on the radio Oh, oh, oh I get my truth from your thrift store halo Oh, 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 oh It's the way she walks, the way she talks I can't stop thinking about the girl in the kink shirt Take me home to San Francisco Can't stop thinking about the girl in the kink shirt You and my imagination You and my imagination You and my imagination Can't stop thinking about the girl in the kink shirt Getting what you want can break your heart Getting what you want can break your heart Oh baby and I'll get what you want It's gonna break you, it's gonna break you Gonna break your heart The way she walks, the way she talks Can't stop thinking about the girl in the king shirt Take me home to San Francisco Can't stop thinking about the girl in the king shirt You and my imagination You and my imagination You and my imagination Can't stop thinking about the girl in the king shirt Oh Can't stop thinking about the girl in the king shirt Oh Matt Nathanson, Matt, tell us who was backing you up so we can give him some credit, too. Mr. Aaron Tapp on the singing and the acoustic. Nice job, Aaron Tapp. Sounded fantastic. Uh, It was funny. Um, Aaron hit the bricks. Uh, Matt, have a seat. Um, (laughs) That was the song I was listening to on the ride in, and I thought it was the girl in the king's shirt. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, is that a hockey sweater? That's is she a-, a Kings fan? And then I thought, oh, no. He said San Francisco, Bay Area, up north, Sa- Sacramento Kings. <laughs> I start a- doing them. I start I trying to, you know, your brain frantically tries to connect She's a big dots. Chris Webber fan. <laughs> she's a... She's a- <laughs> She's a powerful woman. She like bench presses like Volkswagens. The Those Kings. fans are no joke. Sure. The Kings yeah. fans. Yeah, but we were talking about uh, the Come Dancing and the uh, Lola Kings. Uh, very nice, by the way. Sounded amazing. Cool. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, Dawson gets uh, a lot of credit for uh, doing his mixing and setting everything up very nicely Sounded sweet here. In here. Uh, last now, is of that the great song pretenders. About... Yes. Sorry. That's all right. Let's give it a plug. Last of the Great Pretenders. It's available on uh, iTunes and Amazon. And, uh, yeah, ask a question, Allison, and then I want to hear about Bobcat. Is that song about masturbation? Most songs are about masturbation. Okay. I mean, what's, what's up? I'm a man. I mean, well, female, just... too. I mean, everybody. What, what part of it gives you the indication that there's masturbation? Like, what's so overt? The um, can't stop thinking about her and the mention of her in your imagination. 
Let's talk just historically about the men you've dated. Oh God. That, um, <laughs> well, you guys are way back. Know. I do like know a, them. That there's a chronic master. Do you have you dated chronic masturbators? My fiance Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've dated average masturbators. My fiance Daniel. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about the uh, Aryan guy? <laughs> You hear about him? No, oh. that that was post Wait, post like us a... knowing. I accidentally went out with a white pride guy. What? Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. he just had pride in his Celtic heritage, mm-hmm. and also yeah, he didn't oh. hate other races. He just liked his a lot better. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like how was he that... hiled Hitler. I mean, yes, he raised his arm. How was, yeah. How was that dinner? That sounds awesome. No, it was it was a horrible rally with fire. Of, no, <laughs> Men off, in off-roading in a place where <laughs> oh. cars weren't supposed to go. And by the way, if the jeep rolls, just step out. That's what he told me. It was awful. Just the whole step thing was out. awful. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, oh yeah, long way from NYU, baby. <laughs> long way. That's incredible. So, um, you know, it's funny. I wasn't thinking about masturbation, and I. And it's weird I that I was. Do. Yeah, I, I guess it wasn't about that then. No, it's about it was about a waitress that was. So we made this record in San Francisco and down the street from my house, pretty much. And we, every day we'd go to this cafe, and there was this f- fucking brutally hot waitress, and she just had tattoos. She looked like she would beat you. And so, of mm-hmm. course, we were, like, in love with her. Mm-hmm. And she was super nice. And so she came to the table every day. It was, like, the five of us, five guys. And she'd be like, what would you like to eat? And we'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't, like, talk. We'd be like, milkshake. <laughs> and she ended up being super nice. And so one of the producers was like, you've got to write a song about the waitress. We love her. And how, so I did. How did you get Bobcat to direct the video? Or how did how'd you get hooked up with Bobcat? So Bob, I did a thing with him, a comedy thing up in San Francisco for Sketchfest. Mm-hmm. Um, but he married a friend of mine, Sarah, that we went that I went to college with, Sarah DeSarago. Yeah, Sarah has tattoos too, right? Yeah, lots of tattoos. Yes, yes, I know Sarah well. And so, they work, well, they, they basically work together, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, so I knew Bob through her, but I had done, and I'd done this thing with him. And he's a Kinks fan, like super Kinks fan. Mm-hmm. So I was like... Do you think Bob would be into doing a video? Bob's a really good director. Bob has directed a lot of cool movies on his own. And he also, when we did The Man Show, he used to direct lots of bits yeah. for us. And he was just he's just a guy that's really good to work with. Mm-hmm. And he's just a real I – don't, I don't I, – I think kind of that's his calling. He's really. directed like four or five films and they've each gotten better. Like the oh. last one was really, really – God Bless America is really, really good. Yeah, and he has a new one about Bigfoot. That clip from 2013, and I love that song, Girl in the Kink Shirt. There are only so many live songs we have played. we got to get some more guests in to play live in studio or live from their apartment via Zoom. Yeah, I agree. Everybody's been doing it now, and uh, we can make it happen. Before we get going with the next clip, which I'm really looking forward to, got to remind you guys about Tommy John. Guys, we love Tommy John because they keep everything in place, but the ladies... They like it because uh, it makes us look good. And in 2021, let's make everyone happy by getting ourselves some Tommy John. Once you've tried Tommy John, you're never going back. They don't have customers. They have fanatics, or in Geo's case, super fanatics. Indeed. Uh, I love everything they make. I even love their V-necks. I'm not a V-neck guy. The cool cotton's amazing. The lounge pants are amazing. Uh, I like all the fabrics. Everything I've bought from them is great. All I want to do is make more money so I can buy more stuff from them. There you go. And they have dozens of comfort innovations. Breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking moisture fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. That moves with you. It's the best. It has a no-wedgie guarantee and the best pair you'll ever wear. Or it's free guarantee. Check it out. It's Tommy John. Tell him, Gio. 
Go to TommyJohn.com slash classics and save 15% on your first order. Go right now. Save 15% right now at TommyJohn.com slash classics. That's TommyJohn.com slash classics. Save 15% on your first order. See site for details. All right. Now, as we mentioned in yesterday's episode, uh, Phil Spector passed away and about 11 years ago, well, maybe 10 and a half years ago, we had his his then wife, Rachel Spector, on. And she the grieving came, widow. Grieving widow. And she came on, and it was one of the weirdest, somewhat uncomfortable interviews that has ever happened on the show. And it's we got up there it. with uh, Birdemic director, director uh, Tamla Delamico, I believe her name was, and a couple other uh, interesting <laughs> uh, 2010 episodes that you were there for. Yeah, so we, we got to replay this one because it was, it was just as weird in the booth as it's going to be in your ears. Adam Cruel Show 383, Rochelle or Rachel Spector, uh, Larry Miller, Teresa Strasser, Brian Bishop. This is from August of 2010. It's the rest of the news and The Grieving Widow. Anyway, uh, Rochelle Spector, hey, good to see you. Hi, how are you? Good to see you. How old are you, sweetie? 30. I don't know what's going on with our uh, headsets these uh, days. We're getting a lot of uh, of interference these days. So you were uh, married to Phil Spector, yes? Still married. Oh, still married. Yes. I think think he's he's 70. Yes. Uh, Next month will be seven years that we've been together. And uh, you got a new album out. I do, out of my shell. Like, uh, as in Rochelle. And you smell nice, I must say. Thank you. Now, what's Phil's status right now? Right now, he we're just waiting for the Attorney General's office to file their response to our opening brief for the appeal. Mm-hmm. And they have been stalling and filing extensions since April. And is he in the joint right now, or is he out right now? He is in. He was sentenced to, like, 19 to life? Yes. And he's in Corcoran? Uh, he's in uh, California Substance Abuse Treatment Facility. Oh, so it's not not going to get any general pop, as they as they say, at least no. right now. No, absolutely not. Um, so a couple things. Uh, one thing I always say about the case, uh, it, was a, it was a sad tragedy, but I think he went to Dan Tana's, ordered like a shrimp cocktail and left a $500 tip or something like that. Do you, do you know what that amount was? I am not really familiar with the whole tipping thing. I'm just so, more familiar with the whole... Somebody find out what the tip he left on like a $50. It was so funny because when I saw the guest, I was like, I know he's not going to want to ask about Phil Spector's innocence or anything. He's going to want to ask about the tip. That's all I He's apparently very generous with his tips. Was until he met me. Oh, what happened? (laughs) Oh, you straightened him out. Yeah, no more of that crap. Oh, now he met you after this debacle. Yeah, September 3rd, 2003, um, and September 1st. Uh, is our wedding anniversary? Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, this his his trial his uh, was he was it manslaughter was it second degree murder what was the actual case? Uh, second degree murder. It's a five hundred dollar tip on a fifty five dollar check. T when you were uh, waiting tables, I never how got a excited. Tip. Would you be to see Phil Spector come in? Oh, know? are you kidding? I would have rushed over there. And his wall of money, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. The, the sound was ka-ching, ka-ching. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? And the thing is, is, I found out later on after we started dating that the people at Dantana's would make fun of him for leaving that much of a tip. 
And fun of him. Yeah, they were just, you know, they just thought well, it was so was routine that he would leave that much money. And I think that's absolutely absurd, you know. I well, mean, they think he was nuts? I mean, I just think that, I mean, I used to waitress and bartend and manage restaurants, and I would have been like, oh my God, like so grateful for that. Well, when they're making fun of him, not in a kind of you can't come in here, old man kind of way, but more in like your crazy eccentric old guys come in here and leaving way too much money, but not stop. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Not that kind so. of way. So how did you meet, Phil? Uh, we actually did meet at Dantana's. It was a total chance <laughs> meeting. Uh-huh. Crazy had, like a fox, Teresa Strasser, for right. bringing well, it up. Well, you know what? I had, I had only been there two or three times at that point, mm-hmm. and I had gone there with a couple acquaintances of mine, and they're like, hey, that's Phil Spector over there, and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever. Right. And so um, I had gotten up to use the restroom, and um, the other acquaintance at our table jumped up and said, hey, Phil Spector, you you got to meet Rochelle and la 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 and so I ended up getting pushed in this table with five guys and one of which was George Benson's son and some other restaurant owners and I mean besides learning more about religion and politics that night I just remember Phil saying you know timing is everything mm-hmm. and I mean that has really stuck with me until today I mean besides the fact he's been telling me he loved me since the first day you met me does he uh they'll put this delicately but does he seem is he nutty or does he if I was to sit down with him, and I've never met him, if I was to sit down with him for an hour and just have a conversation, would I walk away going, that's a weird dude? Or would I walk away going, well, he's a lot more normal than I thought, or he seems nutty, but he's not. It turns out he's... No, How would I walk away? What would my feeling be when I walked away? Wow. I mean, he is probably one of the most amazing people that I've ever met in my entire life. Not only is he intelligent, funny, and witty, he has the memory of an elephant. He could tell you the day of the week in 1960 when he met someone. Right. I mean, he is just awesome. And, I mean... Where does he get this image of being so out there? It's so weird because... it's just, I, I mean, the, even when I first met him and then started doing my research about him and then the situation that had occurred. And, I mean, the media just portrays him to be some type of, like, Well, he has monster. been convicted of murder, and uh, most people think he did it. Well, a lot of people don't think he did it either, just considering the scientific evidence that surrounds the case. So, but before that. I mean, this is Lana Clarkson. When you met him, uh, she was already dead. Yes. Right? So he was, this was during his first trial? I met him before he was even um, indicted or charged. He was just accused at that point. So you're saying that he's not nearly as eccentric as we all are led to believe. You know what? This is, it was just all folk tales and stories and different things that but, I guess he, were led up to believe but, uh, that's but what, how that he wouldn't was. happen with Larry Miller, for instance, uh, the guest that just uh, Well, and he us. also didn't create the wall of sound and change the way music is today either. But so. that's, a, that's, another, that's a completely separate subject than being sort of nutty. There are you five I mean? levels of drinking. I mean, yeah, people have heard, people have heard of Phil Spector, but... There are other producers that they've heard of that they don't label as eccentric and nutty. I'm just saying... Okay, well, he's not nutty whatsoever. I'm not trying to put him down, even though it sounds like it is. But what I'm saying is, is he obviously cultivated this and sort of likes the attention or like that... The hairstyles, for example? Yeah, just being... Well, I like his hair and I did his hair, so... I'm not saying... Oops, sorry. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. Here's what I'm not. Here's what I'm saying. And actually, I'm here to talk about the record. I know. And the fact listen. that he hasn't produced or released new material in almost 30 years. I'm not. I'm not trying to be a dickhead. What I'm saying is, is uh, obviously, having a lot of feedback there. Obviously, I would, we'll talk about the record. We have to talk about this because it'll seem weird if we don't talk about it. I have nothing against the guy. I think the guy's a genius. I like his music. Good tipper. And music, and he's a hell of a tipper. I was the most impressed well, part anymore. of the whole thing. <laughs> but I was curious, because I've never met him, how he comes across. And if he comes across as just you know real regular smart guy, uh, why would he cultivate this? And you're allowed to and do quite it. quite frankly, I don't know either, because during the 80s to the beginning of the 90s, he... Everyone kept calling him a recluse. He was home dealing with his sick son that ended up dying from leukemia at 10 years old. So, so I mean, that's what he was doing between 82 and 92. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, how can, I mean, this, and then this whole, like, hatred towards women, I don't even know where that came from. If you look at the beginning of his career, he helped women, women of color, achieve financial independence and success, like Tina Turner, Lala Brooks, Ronnie Spector. Sure. I mean, the, even Fanita James. And these people still support him till this day. Sure. All right. So we have, the media has sort of run with this, and I, I, I agree. I mean, as far as the media goes, they don't really like to go. Uh, he's a little different, but not that much. Well, and it took like them to forty years to can finally get a celebrity. They spent thirty million dollars of the taxpayers' money to get him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was their OJ fix. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. what gets people what gets people out of jail that's been in jail 10, 20, 30 years? DNA, and right. what was not on that gun? His DNA. Mm-hmm. No gunshot residue on him. And anybody knows if you're in the vicinity of a discharge of a weapon, especially a revolver because of the cylinder gaps, you're going to have gunshot residue on you. Wow. His DNA was nowhere on that weapon. They swabbed it in seven different places, bloodied and non-bloodied. His fingerprints were not on the weapon. And he was wearing white. Where was the blood? So uh, your assertion is she basically has killed herself. Yes. Whether it was by accident or on purpose, who would never know? I mean, she consumed almost an entire bottle of tequila within two hours had 12 Vicodin in her system. Wow. She was familiar with weapons, a member of the Beverly Hills Gun Club. I mean, she was at the end of her rope. I have her diary written in her own words that the judge would not allow in. The two ways that she said she wanted to die was to go to a famous person's house and either jump off their balcony or put a gun in her mouth and shoot herself. Really? In her diary? Yes. And that was inadmissible? Yes. The judge said, I don't want to run Lana's name through the mud. How does this admissible, inadmissible stuff work? I don't well, understand it. It works for however the judge wants you know it to happen or not happen. Because I mean, he was the same judge dealing with the Roman Polanski case as well. He was. Yes. So. And the th- only way he wanted the Roman Polanski case is if it was on TV. That's interesting. Yes. So you went with you were with him through both trials. Both trials, I know over forty thousand pages of transcripts. I obtained my investigative license from the state of California as well. So I am very serious about pursuing. Jesus, that is love and devotion. I feel like my wife would be like, eh. He probably did it. He probably did it, but even he didn't. Life for the living, so I got to move on. Well. Gonna make hay while the sun She'd shines. visit you for like a few months, and then yeah. stuff would come up. Oh, believe me! And for how difficult it is to go and visit, <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, it's it's. Is it a bitch to go it's visit? It's so physically, mentally, and emotionally, um, like distressing and upsetting. It's just unbelievable. Is there glass between you, or do you get to sit at a table? No, at a table. It's a cafeteria setting. Is um, 
financially, was he always just set for life? I mean, ever since... Oh, I heard another good story about him getting a Shelby uh, Daytona car. A real expensive yeah. uh, Shelby Daytona. Oh, this could work on a few different levels for me. Do you know this story? Uh, well, I know he was driving it and stuff like that, and now I, someone stole it or something happened. It's literally it was, a literally maybe it was a race a, car. Maybe like a well, he one was friends with the Shelby guy. One just went up at auction for seven point three million. Was it the red one? No, it was okay. a blue one. Uh, the point is, is, I think they raced a handful of these, and they may have. Uh, Phil may have bought one or they gave it to him or whatever and he just drove around and then somebody wanted it back because when it was given to him or sold to him it was worth $6,000 and now it's worth $6 million and the story's uh, changing a little. There's a... Is that a picture of it? That's not what he had. Oh, well, actually uh, Donnie says yes he did. So he had had a Daytona and I don't know what this... I don't know exactly what the story is. But is... is, um, I don't know how all the royalties and recording and all that stuff worked out and if he was smart about it, but is he just never has to work again? Well, like I said, we were up against $30 million in unlimited resources from the city. Right. And, I mean, like I said, they spent that at the taxpayer's money to get him. And so, I mean, we were up against that. So, I mean, we've had to borrow, mortgage, do whatever. We really? We went through two trials, yeah. of course. So and now we're going through an appeal process. Oh, so. boy. And what about you? You're young, you're beautiful, dedicated to Phil? Yes. I've been running his companies for six years. I'm vice president and chief financial officer. I started my own record label, Genius Forever Records, and I have my own publishing company with BMI. And, and so, how much input did he have to, on your record and you know that end of the business for you? Does he say, oh, here's how you do it? Or how you do it? Um, Sorry, these headphones are driving okay. me nuts. Good. Um, as far as the music stuff is concerned, I mean, this was a project in development before I met him. So, um, you know, a couple of years into our relationship, he didn't know that I could really sing or what my vocal capabilities really were. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day I, when I was working in my office, I had put in an old VHS of a musical called Working that I did when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he's like, that's you? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. You know, I had no idea. I mean, I was 23. I was thinking, okay, you know, I'll put my career on hold for a year and... Um, you know, I was like, oh, I'm young. But then it kept getting postponed and, you know, then another trial. And anyways, so he ended up giving me these songs that he had worked on. And so we started practicing. He has like a little rehearsal room outside of his pool area. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the studio and started recording. And he opens up a closet and yells, come on, Ronettes, get out of there. And they're like, ah, it's so long, Phil. And so you recorded this album on, in his personal recording studio no 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 he, he doesn't have a recording studio we used oh. someone that was referred to us oh, and so okay. he re- he produced it engineered it arranged it and dabbled in the co-writing as well and so what's your background how did you get out here oh i've been singing since i've been oh. six and i've been playing trombone for over 20 years i knew it yeah she walks in the room and you go that yeah. is a horn player yeah <laughs> she plays a slide <laughs> instrument you've been playing the trombone since you were six I have a little bit, yeah. Really? Who are your favorite trombonists? Oh, geez, Glenn Miller? Yeah, well, he's everyone's. Anyone else? You you know the song uh, Tower of Strength? No. Oh, see, Phil would know. See, he would know. I don't. 
<laughs> I'm not very good with music trilogies. The only well, ones I they, know are from Treme. There's one popular. There's one popular song that has a trombone <laughs> in it. One song that probably one top ten song with a trombone in it that was probably out about mm-hmm. the time uh, Phil was uh, producing the uh, Ronettes and the uh, Wall of Sound and everything. Uh, do you have that song, by the way? I'm looking for it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll play that in a yeah, second. Well, now, as soon as the Wii's naturally were having some technical difficulties, although it hasn't happened since the Wii tr- tried to fix it, which always happens. How does that happen? I don't know. Was it broken? Some was broken. But Wii's, now it's stopped. I know, but we have it down there. Oh, because you have it turned down? Oh, I see. Are we recording? Oh, yeah. Right, the Wii's is trying something. You know, you know this song? If I were a tower of strength, I'd walk away. How do you know this song? Phil would make you listen to us? Uh, no. No, actually, my friend Steve Resnick, uh, he has a museum in his house of all rock and roll history, and uh-huh. so I was listening to this when I got to visit. The, you went to the Gene McDaniels wing and listened to some of this? Well, I love this, but I, I really like um, Linda Scott. It's called Every Little Star. Sure. It's really cute, too. Song. Well, here's the trombone. Turn it up. <laughs> you can handle that on the <laughs> trombone, right? Oh, well, it's easy. Sure. So, uh, Rochelle, you're from where? I am originally from Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Joe Namath, Dan Marino, Joe Montana. I'm a huge Steelers fan. Yeah. Woo! It was so funny. I was wearing a Beaver PA shirt this afternoon. Shut up. That's, what? Uh, Dave Damashek, one of our friends over our, here. Our former colleague is also from Beaver. He's out on our network on yeah. Dave's of Thunder. And uh, Dave's mom got me. It's just the kind of thing my mom would do. Got everyone over at like, the man show, I believe, a shirt that said Beaver PA. That's I knew so sweet. I knew a guy named Bob Petrella that was from Beaver Falls. Okay. And I guess it can't be too far from Beaver Creek or Beaver you're from the creek? No, I'm Beaver Falls. Oh, you're from the, the falls. falls, sorry. Yeah, he was from the creek then and you're from the falls. Well, oh no, he was from Beaver, Beaver Falls too. Well, I don't think of parents. Well then there was the falls. This sorry. is amazing. Can I ask like, how do your parents feel about your marriage? Because he is forty years older and in prison. Well, um, my mom loves Phil, and actually she goes and visits him regularly, and she met him in 05 for our engagement party, and no, I mean, they're really close, and I mean, she just was worried about it at first, and then, you know, when she's seen us together, and she just says, you know, you know, she understood. I mean, age is just a number, and I've always been attracted to older guys, and everyone has their thing. That's and, your thing, yeah. But, I mean, he doesn't act his age i mean he's just so boy-like and i mean it's just so funny because we have so many things in common and i mean different things that happened in his life you know i've experienced and i mean we get each other and that's you know what a relationship is about where's he from he's from the bronx oh really yes and i guess he had i'm trying to do the math but i guess he's sort of a music savant right yes and um, he created a whole era of music, sure. and it wouldn't even be what it is today if it weren't for him. No, 
un, uh, unbelievable. So I mean, just considering the legends that he's worked with and discovered from you know the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Tina Turner. I mean, just I mean, and then me being able to have that honor of working in the studio in that capacity with him. I mean, was just amazing. Um, the uh, name the album, by the way, again is uh, out of my shell, and uh, it's available on Amazon and uh, iTunes as well. And in Best Buy stores. Oh, and, and in Best Buy stores. And other stores around the country. Mm. Now, should we hear a little uh, something off it? Too? I'd like to. Or, uh, Hell yeah! You're here in my home. Phil produces. Yes. You're living in Phil's place now in Alhambra? Yes. How big is that place? Uh, 35 rooms. So if you guys want to come over and help me clean, I would definitely appreciate it. <laughs> it's a lot to keep up. <laughs> Are you there alone? I'll never tell. Well, who would know? You have 35 yeah. rooms. Well, I could see if I was gay, I could get up and dance to this. Just give me a big hit at the first stand. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want, you could dance and I'll watch. Did you see the music video? No, but I bet you could masturbate to it. <laughs> Judging by the song and you. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Do you write your own music? I have, and I am actually looking right now. I'm going to be collaborating with some lyricists and songwriters to, for my uh, next for the next project. I say we get you as a judge on the uh, New American Idol when that comes out. Well, actually, um, one of my attorneys, Linda Bodden, told me you're on Dancing with the Stars. It's happened a time or two. And yeah. so she thought, as well as a lot of other people, that I'd be great on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, definitely. So maybe you can like hook me up. Mm. I could see that. <laughs> Oh, look, there's my video. Let me, let me tell you how much juice I have at Dancing with the Stars. Come I, on, hug me up, Adam. I, I told the producer... Uh, I need the exercise. Hey, you know, it'd be funny. We come back <laughs> at the end of the show after three weeks, after I got kicked off, we have me in the audience, we put me in a big fat suit, like a huge Monty Python fat suit. He's That's like, funny, right? Yeah, it's like, uh, fuck <laughs> off, Adam. And uh, that was about the end of that. So I can only imagine uh, how this pitch is going to go over with him. Not a whole lot of input over there. Although uh, I will be doing something with them for the uh, new season. The song sounded Ooh, great. Yeah, so. congratulations! Thank uh, you. I'm very excited. I've been waiting my entire life for this. So it's a hit. You want to hang out? Oh yeah. You want to hang out and do the news with us, Rochelle? Yes. Please, I like that. I'll do the news. Say simple yes. Well, and now the, the rest of the news with Teresa Strasser. TheFrisky.com is reporting on 10 super inappropriate celebrity dads. The Frisky. TheFrisky.com. Mm-hmm. Some of them we've talked about. Some, I had no idea just how inappropriate they were. The oh, dads. my God, the dads. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, of course, uh, Rod Stewart. What's he doing? Well, he felt the need to comment on his daughter Kimberly Stewart's breast enhancement. Mm-hmm. He said, one of my daughters was a bit flat-chested, so she had implants. She's got a lovely pair now. Nothing wrong with it, I reckon, if it does wonders for a girl's confidence. That's an English thing, though. I talked to Rod about his uncut penis once. You did? Yeah. What do you have to say? Um, it, we, we just talked about his penis on Loveline. You know. 
Joe Simpson. That'll cliche. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I just mean, A, he's a rock and roll guy. B, bought his uh, daughter some titties. And uh, C, nothing could be more embarrassing for her than falling off that little mini bike chopper on the red carpet. Oh, that was so sad. Sad? Yeah. And uh, when you say sad, if you mean awesome, <laughs> then I can dig it. Best clip ever. That was a great clip. Mm-hmm. Joe Simpson, who you've mentioned many times as being an inappropriate celebrity dad. Yeah. Uh, he said of his daughter, Jessica Simpson, Jessica never tries to be sexy. She just is sexy. If you put her in a t-shirt or you put her in a bustier, she's sexy in both. She's got double Ds. You can't cover those suckers up. Sure. I like to attempt to cover them with something. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. She's got double Ds. Should you really know the bra size, your daughter? You know what I mean? Somewhere after the training bra, have the old lady take over. You stay out of her bedroom. Well, yeah, and do you want to know what size tampons she uses? You want to comment on yeah. that? I mean, just leave it to mom. She has heavy flow days, so she uses the uh, Ultra Maxi, and she has a little asymmetry, and actually one of her nipples is uh, misshaped, just a little bit. One's uh, sort of oval-shaped, and the other's round. But anyway. Uh, Ryan O'Neal. Uh, he well, met... He, he punches his kids in the face, right? I don't know if you remember this. Somehow, it didn't quite get it to do. Uh, he met another woman at his ex Farrah Fawcett's funeral. Too bad it was his daughter, Tatum O'Neill. He admitted, I had just put the casket in the hearse, and I was watching it drive away when a beautiful blonde woman comes up and embraces me. I said to her, you have a drink on you? You have a car? She said, Daddy, it's me, Tatum. Yeah, he, I was just trying to be funny. He... He, he thought you, she was a strange Swedish woman, and he, it was his daughter. He seems like the world's worst dad. Whenever they do those, you know, uh, you know, true Hollywood stories or whatever. He married some sort of flunky, junky, you know, strung out on painkillers chick. And, you know, the tragic story. The beautiful Hollywood starlet lost her looks to, you know, just uh, eating way too many painkillers and washing it down with way too much booze. Moved her out to the valley, dropped the kids off. The ultimate narcissism as a dad is saying, like, it's, it's and so many guys do this. They go... Uh, I'm married to Teresa. I can't take Teresa. Brian, you want to know why I can't take Teresa anymore? She's strung out on pain medication. She's a she's a fall down drunk. She starts drinking at uh, seven a.m. She doesn't put the vodka down until she passes out at midnight. She drinks a fifth of vodka a day. Has a handful of Percocet. She's the worst person. She's the worst wife ever. We need a divorce. Oh, but, sweetie, before you leave, take the kids. <laughs> Now, I get to go, well, I'm divorcing the bitch because she's an alcoholic. She's strung out on pain pills. She's out of pain pills. She's out of her fucking mind. I can't come near her. She's totally unreasonable. She's totally irrational. She should be fucking put in a mental ward. Oh, by the way, here's full custody of the kids. I'm going to be Malibu fucking a 19-year-old. How fucking, how big a narcissistic prick do you need to be to take the world's worst mother and then have your kids go live fucking full-time with the world's worst alcoholic mom in Reseda, which is essentially what he did. And then, like, eventually th- things got too bad, and they moved in with him, and then he kind of dumped on them and went hung out with, with uh, Farrah Fawcett. He evidently is just a narcissist of the highest order and a fucking horrible dad, and I'm going to go ahead and say person on top of that. Loves the shit out of Farrah Fawcett for some reason. Not so nuts about his own kids. 
And there's stories about him just punching his kid in the face and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, when you're the world's shittiest dad, this is what happens. You get two of the world's shittiest kids that go on and embarrass you and hopefully tell stories about just what a fucking neglectful piece of shit you were. Good. Good. And I don't like when people do that. Hey, don't air your dirty laundry. Fuck that. You're speaking for every person who never gets a microphone and never gets a book deal for all these fucking fucked up shitty dads. He's just a crazy oh, yeah. narcissist, narcissistic dick. Well, that takes us to the mad And he daddy. wanted to go out and like party. So he'd bring Tatum with him when he, she was nine. Hey, I'm going to go do some coke with Cher. You hang out here. <clears throat> the Mac Daddy of Inappropriate Dad. So I think even Trump's Ryan O'Neill. Mm. John Phillips. Papa John. Papa John carried on a 10-year, quote, consensual drug-fueled relationship with his daughter, Mackenzie Phillips, after raping her for the first time when she was 18 years old and passing out after a drug binge. Ah, uh, he waited till she was 18. Yeah. Well, this is, this is according to Mackenzie Phillips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't judge. Hard to top that. It really is hard. To, I mean, there's dudes in the NBA that are like going, whoa, wow, that is some bad parenting. Bruce Jenner made the list. I don't know my kids, but that is horrible parenting. If I knew my kids, I would not fuck them. Right. Yeah. Bruce Jenner made the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latrell Sprewell said if he knew any of his kids, he would not fuck them. He's on the record. Bruce Jenner's 14-year-old daughter, Kendall, and 12-year-old Kylie have both begun modeling careers, but Kendall is already doing bikini shots, which many have deemed inappropriate. This week, Jenner stood up for his daughter, saying she wasn't showing anything that was inappropriate, you know, too much cleavage or anything like that. They were just, like, hot shots. (laughs) He evidently, at some point, when we weren't looking, took a javelin through the side of the head. Like, at some point, he was walking out on the track, and a javelin went through one ear and out the other, because something happened to that man's brain. Or maybe he's just a dumb jock, and now he's just sort of a happy dumb jock. That sounds about right. Maybe Bruce Jenner was never smart. We just kind of thought he was because he's on a Wheaties box. Yeah, he didn't talk much then, and he didn't have a reality show. Yeah. I don't know. I've not seen that show. Are you interested in the Kardashians? I don't really watch TV. Well, I watch HGTV and yeah. Food Network. I liked them a lot and Can't Stop the Music, i got to say. Um, i got to say. It was good. It was good. I'd give the devil his due. <laughs> it was good in that film. Donald Trump, you might remember when he went on The View, mm-hmm. and they were asking how he'd feel if Ivanka posed for Playboy. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't think Ivanka would do that, although she does have a very nice figure. She's got too much class. I've said if Ivanka were ass has too much class for that. I've said if Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. Mm. Ew. She gave them a pass because the, her ass had too much class. Something like that. Mm-hmm. If it weren't my daughter, I'd be dating her? Yeah. I know guys, I know what they kind of mean. She's a little too old for him now, but the point is, <laughs> it's ironic when your daughter's too old for you to fuck. Like, if, if the Donald was single, he'd be like, uh, 27 and a half. Uh, all right, but I'll be breaking my own rule. Don't tell anybody. I don't want to get a ribbon down at the club. Um, Massachusetts Senator Scott Brown announced his daughter's dating status during his acceptance speech, saying, for anyone watching around the country... Open for business. They're both available. Well, Ariana's definitely not available, but Isla is. Then he pointed out his daughter Isla, who used to be an American Idol contender, while she sat there mortified. (laughs) If you're going to pimp out your daughters, at least wait until you're not in a room full of middle-aged Republicans. Yeah. According to the Frisky. I think, uh... 
I think some of these are just sort of lame attempts at dads trying to be cool dads. Not Woody Allen. He went <laughs> farther than just a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he uh, ended up marrying his um, daughter, stepdaughter, adopted daughter. Yeah. Sunyi. That is uh, creepier than, than gets its due. It yep. really is. And... I don't know. I'm trying to think of a profession other than director where you get quite as much leeway. You know what I mean? With your re- relationship t- decisions and, and being record, judged. Record producer? Record producer, yeah. yeah. You get, uh, uh, there's something about being in the arts where you just don't quite get judged like I guess you would if you, I don't know, were a cop or a fireman. But well, the uh, heart wants what it wants. Yeah, as Woody Allen it so famously put it. Want things that are in your house. <laughs> yeah, that, and that uh, you've aren't adopted. your wife, and that yeah. you've adopted. Yeah, a super uh, skeezy thing. And again, um, we did a little. You know, he got made fun of, but I don't feel like he got fully judged. Yeah, he did. He became a joke, but he didn't become... We didn't judge him. Yeah. We just joked about it. Right. He deserved maybe to be judged. I'd say... For like on five minutes we judged him. Yeah. And then we just kind of let it go. Yeah. He made, a, he made a Vicky Christina Barcelona, and it was pretty good. Yeah. Also, those kids have had a pretty good run. These two. Yeah. yeah. Still married, right? <laughs> well, they said it wouldn't last. <laughs> 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 and by the way, he definitely can't pull that. I knew I was going to marry you the first time I laid eyes on you when you were four months old. You know what's a losing battle, though? The custody battle that he had with Mia Farrow after this went down? Yeah. That's a tough putt. A lot, of, lot, of his, lot of his attorney saying, just hear me out. <laughs> okay. Before you say no. Yeah. The judge yeah. called his behavior grossly inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And I think that was that. It was a very well, he could shot. gain custody of his whole family if he just marry every one of them, right? It's <laughs> a good point. I mean, that's the ultimate gain of gain of custody. Well, this is probably I'll a put question. Put a ring on this shit. This is probably a question people ask all the time if you're married to an older guy. But did you plan on having kids or think about having a family? Well, he already has kids, and I'm cool with my animals. Oh, what, what do you got? Dogs? Cats? I have dogs. I have six dogs, and I have two cats and two large green iguanas, and. Um, I would like to get a potbelly pig and some horses and stuff. Oh, it's really? Like, yes. Sure, we got 35 rooms. Well, right. no, we were going to sell that place. Mm-hmm. If this didn't happen, we were going to get a farm. Mm-hmm. Now, is it weird? Uh, living in such a huge house. But also where somebody Was died. killed, yeah. Yeah, well, no. Died. 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 Sorry. It seems weird, right? Well, I mean, a lot of people die in a lot of places that sure. maybe just don't even know about. It's just obviously this one was more highly publicized. Yeah. Yeah, and I know, like I said, she he wasn't responsible for her death, and there wasn't Mm -hmm. any weird aura or feeling there. Now, did you know that going in? I mean, was there part of you going in thinking, "Wait a minute, maybe I'm getting involved with a guy who murdered somebody," and then you investigated? No, because I mean, Dr. Henry Lee was there the first day and said no crime scene. Dr. Michael Bodden was at the autopsy. Oh, I love Bodden and Lee. Yeah, my man. Well, that's Linda Bodden. She—that's his wife. That told me about the Dancing with the Stars thing with. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. And so we got to get him in here. She actually Facebooked me before I came in. Dr. Bodden. Got to get Bodden in here. Really? Got an Elvis cup. He's done like one special. 
Yeah. And then we can't get any more bodies yeah. on HBO. Jesus, yeah. Ask him what's up with her husband next time. What's the matter? No one's dying, Pops? Let's go. <laughs> Saw that one special you did nine years ago. Loved every bit of it. Now well, it's gone. They're writing books and doing you know, all this other read, stuff. Readings for people <laughs> that don't have TVs. I want to watch that autopsy show. <laughs> it was really good. Oh, my God. <laughs> Loved it. Dr. Bodden has done, like, a lot. I mean, he did, I think, JFK's autopsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had, I mean, we had six of the top and foremost forensic criminalists, pathologists, and gunshot experts in the world So you think so. this is a, a sort of a makeup for O.J. and um, Robert makeup Blake, for Robert Blake. And Michael Jackson. and High-profile stuff yes. that uh, they need to get a conviction on. Yes. And, uh, and as far as Phil goes, um, you know, when you go to court, you put the suit on. How about a haircut? She did his hair. I, but seems, I, well, we liked his hair. I know. I understand. I like it if you're throwing a party, but it seems a little well, mad when you're trying to convince a jury right. that hey. you didn't have anything to do with something. Right. Well, okay. I, I look at it this way. I mean, well, plus the pictures that you guys are seeing are all, like, photoshopped and stuff like that. It wasn't mm-hmm. that big, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like it wouldn't have mattered how he did his hair or what he wore or whatever. He was already publicly, you know, tried and convicted even before he got in that court. It didn't help the hair. Though. That's yeah, what I'm it saying. It wouldn't have mattered, quite frankly. Well, I treat everything like, uh, like, like a because even, like like even when I because even when I cut his hair, it was really short and stuff, and then the mm. blonde look and stuff like that. But mm. people didn't like it then either. So all right, I would have liked that. Well, I'm again, I wouldn't like it personally, just uh, possibly the judge. Let's uh, we're plumb out of time. Uh, by the way, I want to thank uh, Larry Miller for coming in here, and uh, you can find him at LarryMillerHumor.com. Michelle Spector, uh, good luck. And uh, thank you. Look, I'm just putting it out there. If you want me to come crash in, you know, maybe just 11 of the 35 rooms, I don't need the whole place. You Ooh. love dogs. I love pot-bellied pigs and horses. All right. I'll All ride right. a horse right down the hallway with a pot-bellied pig in my lap. And just as long as you're not masturbating in front of me, you can do it in whatever room you'd like. What are the chances? There's 35 rooms. Can See? you imagine if you walked into room 31 and I was in there spanking off and I'd be like, oh, God damn. What? And you'd be like, why didn't you lock the door? And I'd go, honey, there's 35 rooms. What, what are the, the chances? What are the chances? <laughs> All right. You can also find uh, Rochelle's work, by the way, at uh, RochelleSpector.com, Amazon, and iTunes as well. Thanks, baby. You've been a delight. So until next time, this is Adam Cole for Bald Brian, Rochelle Spector, and Teresa Strasser saying mahalo. And that clip from 2010 with Inspector holding her ground standing her ground mm-hmm. very fun uh, interesting episode that was fun i'm shocked she didn't become a repeat guest me too uh all right let's get going with the next clip this one we alluded to yesterday as well from no country for old men geo outbooked august in december this is garrett dillahunt co-booked with august so i ran it by him he's like yeah let's do it uh this is adam Carolla show 719 this is garrett dillahunt in studio with allison brian and adam uh, he was also a one-and-done guest, uh, but he probably has a good reason for not returning. <laughs> this is where he shares his hilarious, uh, abusive childhood nickname, and uh, Adam has to comment on his wife's elbows. Check it out. I'm excited. Garrett Dillahunt is here, and I've been wanting to meet this cat for a long time. Take a quick break. Be back with uh, your phone calls 
and Garrett Dillahunt next. Yeah. Back with Garrett Dillahunt. Always wanted to meet Garrett because I just love the deputy role in <laughs> No Country for Old Men. I just love that movie, and I loved you, I loved you in it. Oh, thank you. I was, I was pleased to be a part of that thing. That yeah. Cool. It's got to be nice doing a Coen Brothers film, right? Yeah. I'd actually uh, I auditioned for that like six times trying to be Moss, the part that uh, Josh Brolin eventually played. Really? Yeah. but I, I don't know. They gave me a consolation prize with that deputy, and I loved it. I loved hanging with Tommy Lee. Oh. Yeah, in the there picture. Tommy Lee was great in that. There was a lot of great in that. I mean, Javier Bardem was unbelievable yeah. in that. And a cool guy, too. Oh, he is. Yeah, just a real cool guy. I think he used to play rugby. He's got nice calves. Well, there you go. I'll tell you that. He can definitely play some rugby with rugby those calves. calves. Um, I mean, that scene where he was like at the gas Dude, station and he was telling the guy to flip the coin, and the guy was like, what for? Yeah, and it's like that was like wow. a perfect scene. It was a perfect, it's a perfect scene. It's a perfect scene. It was just like it's slow building, tons of tension. Like you knew this guy was going to take out the cow yeah. bolt and put it right through this guy's skull, but the guy was just sitting. The guy behind the counter didn't know what was going on. But you see him sort of figuring out. That something, yeah, something's really horrible here. <laughs> something horrible is going to happen. Yeah, and he's like, flip the coin, and he's like. <laughs> Well, I need to know what's riding on. He's like, everything. <laughs> like, uh, and he starts talking about his wife's filling station and stuff. It's just such a creepy, great scene. Yeah, it's something else with that, that hairdo, too. Didn't catch on, that hairdo. No, I was hoping, I was hoping it would have. The Dorothy Hamill? <laughs> it really is the Dorothy Hamill. Well, you guys so, are good. There it is. So, uh, Garrett, you come from where? And by the way, Raising Hope is the uh, name of the show. Tuesdays at 9.30 on Fox. We know uh, Alan Kirschenbaum is a uh, friend of mine who works on that show as well. Just Does anyone have a bad thing to say about Alan Kirschenbaum? I guess no one in this room. No. Anyway. Where are you from, Garrett? I was born in uh, Castro Valley, California, but I don't, don't remember it. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Washington State. Eastern, mm-hmm. Eastern Washington and sort of farm country there. And what was the what was the plan growing up? <laughs> what did you think you'd be doing? I thought, uh, you know, my dad was in the trucking business. Uh, very disappointed I wasn't uh, a good mechanic. We tried, we tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he would have liked me to be like a, a rod builder or something, mm-hmm. but that didn't that didn't happen. I was going to be a writer. I was going to be a like a reporter. Mm-hmm. For the newspapers, I worked for the local newspaper and everything. And did you go to college? I did. I went to University of Washington mm-hmm. up there, uh, wrote a little bit. And were you a journalist, a journalism major? I was, yeah. I took a, a, a kind of double majored in, in journalism and then sort of started doing some drama mm-hmm. stuff. A lot later. of people say bit by the acting bug, but I'm going to just go ahead and say, when did you get raped by the <laughs> acting bug? Because that's it's, what I like. It's more what it's like. Isn't yeah, it, it is. Because it rarely turns out. <laughs> Be good. Well, I didn't. Uh, I never would have thought. I was, I'm pretty shy, as you can tell. I'm probably beat red even right now. But uh, it's just uh, you're just so good looking. You had to act. <laughs> yeah, the, we know that's the case. <laughs> what What happened? I mean, if you're if you're shy well, and you're, you're to, working uh, away in a typewriter, how do you get in the acting? Well, this this feels like such a downer. But I've I guess I've spoken about it before. But my uh, I had a, I'm one of three boys. My, mm-hmm. older, my older brother was killed in a, in a drunk driving accident mm-hmm. when I was 16. So how old was he then? 19. 
And uh, he was probably the one that was good at turning a ranch. <laughs> you know, n- none of us were real good. Oh, he, really? He, he wanted to be a bass player. He was a he, he was a be, musician. Yeah, he wanted to be wow. a, a rocker. So what was the what was the story? Was it a guy who'd been busted for a bunch of uh, DUIs no, no, or anything like that? I can't that? even say that. You know, he he was with his buddy, and they were both you know drunk off their asses. And they oh, your your brother was. <clears throat> yeah. Was he driving the car? No, he was a passenger. And it was like no designated driver. Yeah, and they were on their way to play some gig in a McDonald's parking lot in the next small town up the road. Mm-hmm. You know, they had big dreams. Right. Sure. And they went off the road. And that was it. That was it. Yeah. I yeah. Some, I, that happened to a few guys I went to high school with. It's amazing how many, right? It, it sort of, it amazes me how many, and then it also amazes me that it doesn't happen more when I know all the guys I know yeah. and the amount of what drinking they, they yeah. did and the amount of like riding motorcycles home from the party and the rain shit-faced and stuff like that. Why they're, So there's a part of me, it's sort of like the gunplay stuff. Like on one hand you go, man, that's tragic. I, I can't believe it. Then you go, why is there more of that? Right. There's so many guns and there's so I much. I so many dumb people. Dad's gun and what, you know? Yeah, it's just a lot of, it, it, it should, it, it, even though one is tragic, it's still, I still feel like with the amount of fucking boozing people do, and I, again, every guy I went to high school with yeah. drove just blot out a million Times. Were you from a rural community or no? I'm yeah. from North Hollywood, just plain oh, yeah. old stupid guys. But still, that's, you know, you, you drive here. You, yes, you, you drive to get from. It's probably oh, yeah. more dangerous here. Yeah, know, but, but so, in rural communities, we drove. You drove miles to get. So everywhere. that that must have been. So that was devastating for you. It's yeah, it's devastating. Right? It's you know, it's horrible for your parents. Right. Obviously, that's not something they're wired for. Right. You know, to see, mm-hmm. and it just makes you determined to do something. You know, that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know. That, oh, so it gives you that. You want to lead your life the way you kind want to of, lead it. Yeah, yeah, you know, it just it, it took this onus off me to, uh, you know, I'm 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 a worker. I like to work. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't know what to do when I'm not. And um, so, my family was that way. And so I I don't know. I just wanted to do something that that I was proud of and that I enjoyed because I just felt like I could go at any second. And so you start you know, acting. I kind of fell into it. I'm, I'm sure it was therapeutic. I'm sure it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was skinny and. You know, angry, and there were girls there, and it, yeah. you know, it's a common story, <laughs> right? In a way, uh, but, but you had a you had a good capacity for it. I mean, obviously, I, yeah, it I liked paying it. Off. it was something freeing about it, and you know, no one ever told me, you know, shut up and don't do this. And what was the uh, what was the first sort of break you had? I don't know. I, I, uh, there's this kid named uh, Tim Blake Nelson. You know, Tim Blake Nelson. He was, he was actually in the... I know Tim Nelson Blake, but I don't know Tim Blake Nelson. <laughs> he was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm-hmm. He's a good oh, actor, a yeah. good director, a yeah. little guy mm-hmm. from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. George Clooney. He wrote... Oh, another... Yeah, it was a, uh, another Coen Brothers movie, right? Was it that's right. Wasn't he in The Good Girl, which I mentioned yes. earlier, actually? Yeah. Yes, he mm-hmm. was. Well mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, he wrote this play that was really cool that I did, and uh, it just made me feel like I could do this. You know, so mm-hmm. that, that was kind of a break, I guess, but... Uh, and, uh, that's and, not what you're looking for, is but, it? No, no. <laughs> well, I'm curious, how did you go from being at University of Washington to all of a sudden being in movies and television and stuff? How did you make that transition? Well, I, I, got, I, I started acting my last year of college. You know, I was just, then I was out in Seattle thinking, oh, that's what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. So mm-hmm. I went, you know, I'm, I was working nights as a security guard or unloading trucks or whatever job I could get. And... Uh, uh, I thought I should train, so I, I auditioned for schools and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went, so I went to graduate school at NYU in New York. Mm. 
and uh, you know, naive. I, I didn't know it was a good move. It turned out to be because you know agents are there and they see your shows over three years and get a good idea of what you can do. And most of us had agents before we were even out of school. And really, it was it was a helpful thing. Jesus, you know, I know, right? What uh, what year would this be, approximately? That's quite a while ago. That was ninety one. I got out of I got out of school. I just had my forty seventh birthday. Happy Jesus. birthday! You Thanksgiving. Look, you look brand new. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you I moisturize? <laughs> I got a Jamaican wife. You bet I moisturize. <laughs> She's like, "That's it. That's uh, all you're putting on." Come on. I got uh, I got some phone calls up here. I don't know why mm-hmm. we decided, but I think it'll be fun. Uh, worst, oh, no. worst Christmas gifts ever. You get a you got a worst Christmas gift story? You mean that I gave or got? Or? Yeah, either, either one. one. I'll take either one. Oh. Uh, Jeez, I'm sure there's something. I'll buy you some time by... Uh, My buddy gave me a Big Mac with a bite out of it once. As a gift? <laughs> yeah, wrapped wow. it up. And wrapped it up. But that's because he had a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, but it was a pretty bad gift. It's pretty stinky by the time we open that one up. Uh, <laughs> let's see, Milk, I mean, I should say uh, Mick from uh, Illinois. These are people that want to talk to me? No, they talk to all of us. Oh, thank God. Mick? Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> milk? <laughs> Well, you take Illinois, I guess, and Mick, you get milk. Um, what's going on? Uh, my great aunt, two years ago, gave me hard candy that expired in the year I was born, which is 93. Um, hey, someone has to tell old poor people to stop it with the gifts, because they're eye rollers and they do more harm than good. You know I what see. I mean? Just sweater. Tell people to stop being born in '93. That's way yeah, too young. That's way that's too making young. Making me feel really old. But you know when like crazy old Aunt Gertie gets you the sweater with the owl yeah. on it, and you're like, like "Sweetie, I'm not going to wear like door this." Knockers. Yeah, this is not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Tainted yeah. candy. Was it that ribbon kind of candy? You know that kind. That... It's it's like the knockoff Werther's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when the chocolate starts turning white, it's getting <laughs> chappy. Like your wife's elbows. Ashy. Yeah, it gets ashy. Mm-hmm. All right, that's bad, Mick. But did you eat it? Of course not. Oh, you know, kids today are such snobs. I would have eaten it. Mm-hmm. I what a, could happen to candy? Candy's I ate a candy. C's egg, like, you know, one of those uh, Easter eggs. Um, I ate one of those Easter eggs that had been on my, for, sitting in my friend's condo for like six months. It was half eaten, but it was still sitting out. And I just in case anyone thing. wanted it? Yeah, who gives a shit? I... I, I didn't. I never looked at really an expiration date on chocolate. Chocolate mm-hmm. just, it doesn't really go bad. It just goes not good. Yes, stale. It, it doesn't. It just it, it goes from good to not good, but it doesn't go to funky. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. I think there's too much of a premium put on things being fresh. Yes. Fuck that. Fuck fresh. All right. Let's uh, talk to uh, line three, Steve. Hey, Adam. How's it going? What's going on, Steve? Uh, my parents, when I was in high school, gave me a Spider-Man print Hawaiian shirt. Ugh. And that was it? That was Christmas? No, they, they built it up like it was the main event. So it was the last thing, and they just told me how great the last gift was. And then I opened that. And that was your gift from your parents in high school? Yeah. They told me it would help me meet girls. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I see. I got to the point with my family when I realized just how cheap and bad they were. There was such a disconnect between what I was interested in and what they knew about me. And I knew they were just going to fuck up whatever. And and there were no gifts in between. There was Christmas and there was birthday. And that was the only time there was gifts. So I started at a certain point, maybe about 10 or 11, so they wouldn't fuck it up. I said to them, look, I'll tell you what. 
you, you know, you don't want to go out and get me a gift, and you're just going to fuck that up anyway. I need shit, but I know what I want. So how much were you going to spend on the gift anyway? And then about a week before Christmas, I'll just collect the money from everybody. And then, you know, the day after Christmas, I'll go out and get whatever it is I needed to get. So I would get 20, 20 bucks from my mom, 20 bucks from my dad, who were divorced, 10 bucks from my grandparents, and 10 bucks from my stepdad. And then I'd have 60 bucks and go out. And they did it. Oh, yeah. You like oh. made your own gift cards before this whole... Yeah. Oh, no. They're Corollas. They were like, oh, we don't have to go out and get you something? Bullet dodge. Like, oh, here's 20 bucks. Hit the road. <laughs> and then I'd just go out and buy two bike rims like or something like that. Like whatever. I was building a motocross bike or something, and I knew they wouldn't be able to find what I wanted. So I'd just go get the parts or go get the whatever. Because how does that work when they get you a gift if you need shit? And they don't know what you need, yeah. and you're not getting shit any other time of the year. That's true. It's true. Were you, were you, were but you, sometimes, I mean, gift cards are big in my family now. You get the gift gift. Here's an Amazon gift card. Mm. You know, you get 16 of those at Christmas, right? And that's cool, right? You know, you you cut out this middleman right. thing, right? But I, I do kind of miss the mystery a little bit. You know what I mean? Even well, if it's crap, but, but you do you miss it? having to pretend know. to be happy with something that you didn't want? It's true. No, it, it's probably better this way, but I'm just saying. It, it, maybe well, you, it's just age. No, yeah. no, you miss it. It's age, and you have a wallet that has a credit card in it, and you know that if you really wanted That's something, true. you would, would go, go get, get that something. But when you don't, when you have nothing, and you're <laughs> once a year, and you're relying That's on right, that right. something that you want, then you take the cash, and you go you get it. You plan that very carefully, yeah. Yeah. Brian, you got to look. I, I agree. I agree. My wife, her family does gift cards almost exclusively and on me growing up I don't think I've ever gotten anyone I cared about a gift card like getting them a gift is like I I like you or I love you or you're a family member or my friend whatever I know what you like I like I've paid I, attention yeah, I've paid all attention. year I listen to what you talk about this is something I think you would enjoy you know what I mean as opposed to a gift unless it's like oh this person's saving up to buy an iPhone well they need 50 bucks towards it you know they, they really want it maybe but the yeah. whole gift card thing just seems just anti what Christmas uh, is get corny about it. What's all about like knowing someone and giving someone something? It is, and I, and I agree. But now there's a weird, weird space where you you know it used to be well you buy presents for your immediate family and they buy presents for their kids and maybe you give the mailman a bottle of scotch and that's it. So now you get into this weird no man's land, and I, maybe it's a good thing. But now I do a podcast, and there's employees. So what do you get Chris Moxalox over there in the next room? Close. Because I don't even know what that guy... <laughs> yeah, that, there I are X's in his last name, so that is good. Right, all right. The point is, I'd like to get him... <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to get him, like, a kit to convert his, uh, y- you know, straight six into a V8 and his Vega. But I don't know if he's into that or I not. You know, I, yeah, probably already has that. I don't know what Chris Moxalox right. is into. Right. It is tough for the boss who knows nothing about right. his employees. And <laughs> I call him lackeys. But, yeah, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. All right. And he's young. And he doesn't. He, that's the gift. The gift. He should get should be from his you know girlfriend or boyfriend that that I don't know I don't and I don't judge but his and his parents are you know back in Japan obviously but <laughs> right where the Moxalox has where, where the, the hail from, from. 
with here's whatever someplace <laughs> near a volcano somewhere. Point is this: you get him something. I get him. He gets. He gets the Amazon gift card because, you know, I, I don't want to get him something that he's already, a video game that he's already got oh, or, or something like Japanese that. Japanese kids, he got them all. Yeah, that's yeah, the point. I'm double up on his video game. That's the Calculator. point. Right, right. So he, he'll get the uh, Amazon gift card, and then he can do with that what he will. I didn't even know Ace was giving him po- or lackeys gifts. Wow. Or is this all hypothetical? No, you are. You are. And by the way, that's why it's important that you people click through Amazon. <laughs> When you're going to buy something from Amazon, you go to adamcroll.com, you click the Amazon ban- Amazon banner, and then I can use that money to get Amazon gift certificates for employees. Yeah. The moxaloxas of the world. <laughs> That's right. See, I'm having an issue right now because I don't know what to get my boyfriend for Christmas, and I also don't know what price range we're mm. even in. Uh. And because he's been saying little things, it started a while ago, mm-hmm. like, don't look at my computer because there might be some stuff on there because I'm getting gifts for you. Yeah. And so like, I, mean, I hear that ass gifts. It's called German porn. That's right. <laughs> that was, that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> yeah. I totally, I excuse. fell for it, too. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I was like, I wasn't going to look on his computer, yeah. but don't I definitely won't now. Don't scroll through the text on my cell phone. I might <laughs> yeah. be texting right. a sharper image. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you find any panties in the corner, that just has something to do with my getting a gift for you somehow. <laughs> that's right. Um... How long have yeah. you been together? Uh, since May. Oh, so this is pretty new. It mm-hmm. is. And see, for his birthday, I feel like I did really well because I had those ideas way in advance. But I feel like I already shot my gift wad. Now I have no ideas. And I don't know. I have no frame. I have, I have no idea what he's getting me. And I feel like I sort of need to match that. Well. What to do. I'll say this for guys. We don't look at the gift nearly as symbolically as you guys do. Like, women read a lot into it, whereas guys, we don't read that much into it. Mm -hmm. You get the guy a gift certificate, yeah, or a gift certificate for, like, beer of the month or whatever, whatever the month. Right. And he's going to get some, you know, new 12-pack of uh, microbrew every year. Got that last year. As fucking, you're good. good He's good. You give him jerky of the month or or beer (laughs) of the month or... You know, beer nuts of the month, like jerky beer of the month, jerky beer of the month. You give them something like that. I, I buy. It. I love that of the month thing, and that's what I'll get my richer buddies that thing because you know Chris like Moxalox totally over there me. doesn't doesn't need any of that shit. But I mean, I'm gonna get him something of the month. You get. I love it because you do that thing where it's like now you get into fucking May and there's like a guy drops off a case of something at your house. You're like, what the fuck is this from? Uh. The only problem is by the time you get to May, you usually forgot who got you that. They need to say every time, hey, this is from Adam Carolla from December right. 2011. <laughs> hey, this is going. from your ex-girlfriend. Right, <laughs> right, right. Just to play it safe. <laughs> yeah, you can get, I mean, you're not going to go wrong with like the red wine or the beer or the nuts or whatever mm-hmm. that, the Cold hell it is. of the month. Uh, seriously, they'll have it. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Do it. And I hope for me he gets puppy of the month. Mm, you get a new puppy every month. Imagine how much fun that would be, sure. especially if they took the old one. For Shows about, up one of those for coolers. two months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't name it. Just give it a number at that point, right? right? Just January. You January. Uh, oh, yeah. Mr. Yeah. January. Yeah. Or Miz. Yeah. Puppy of the month. That'd, That'd be, be good. Such a good. Or duckling of the... Oh, baby animal of the month. Or just, how, about just, how about just, you know, Asian. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this kid that needed to be adopted. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, Dana Gould goes to China, gets himself a kid every couple of months. 
How don't you get a Chinese kid? Okay. You know, goes to a good home. This was their Moxa Loxa. But this is just for, for, just for yeah. a month, though, right? Yeah, just for a month. And then do you get a new baby from Asia the following month? Or you might you get a duckling or baby panda? No, I'd I would say, like to have my babies I'd interspersed with baby new, animals. You just, get a new, you just get a new Chinese kid every month. I don't know month. if I'm ready for that <laughs> commitment just yet. Mm. I'm going to start with baby animals. Adam, you know how when you like do a wine of the month club, you can select a preference. White wine, red mm-hmm. wine, champagne, mm-hmm. sparkling mm-hmm. wine. Mm-hmm. You should be able to check preference. We want, Non-smoker. Like, ducklings, winged animals, oh, oh, yeah, children. Gotcha. Yeah, children. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Which continent you want your babies from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a brilliant idea. Yeah. I hope people who are smart are thinking and listening. Yeah. Let's have those babies be like 22, blue-eyed, blonde, and six foot from f- former Soviet republics. <laughs> Iceland. You know I what I mean? my, that's, what I, that's what I should yeah. get my boyfriend. I'm going to work that one out, too. Slut of the month. All right. Uh, Spider-Man. Uh, open box. Uh, let's see. Let's talk to uh, Will on uh, line four. Hey, uh, Will. Hey, what's up, Ace-Man? What's going on, Will? All is well. Everything's going well? Hey, good, yeah. You're out in Irvine? Yes. Hey, I'm going to be at the Anaheim Grove, what would be uh, tonight and or uh, Thursday night. Yeah. So I expect to see you there. All right, fine. You there? I saw you when you were in uh, New York when I lived there. You signed my book, so uh, happy to see you again. All right, buddy. See you there. Bring a friend. Uh, what's going on? What is your gift, your horrible gift? So in the family gift exchange, I got a box of uh, Christmas cards. Yeah. And they were actually uh, open. There's supposed to be ten in the box. I only counted eight. Now, the family gift exchange, that's not the grab bag, is it? No, it's not the grab bag. It's like a secret Santa. Everyone gets assigned a person. Yes, but no so. name. No name. Uh, there is a name. You know who is giving it to you. My cousin walked up to me, gave me a box, and then which I opened in oh. front of you know the whole family at dinner. And it's like, oh wow, Christmas so, card. Your cousin stood behind this gift, then. Yes. Jesus Christ! What did the cards look like? Uh, you know, just generic Christmas tree, snow. It's skating on ice rink. Will, what did you get that year? I mean, what did you get your other person who you were Secret Santa of? I got this, like, toy model car thing because I knew my, like, uh, other cousin liked these to collect these things. Mm-hmm. So you gave it some thought. Well, uh, it's the dude loves cars, so it wasn't that hard. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's the other thing I want to say. Thanks. Um, people, you got to be into something. I've said it many times. Either either be an alcoholic, you know, you can always buy me a bottle of booze. I'm never going to complain about that. I mean, you get somebody a decent bottle of champagne or a decent bottle of Pinot Noir or a decent bottle of scotch, and there's no problem. You, you buy Brian. You don't want to get the ball Brian. What's he into? What's his team? What's his thing? Get him a nice bottle of scotch. Walk away. You're done. So there are those assholes out there who don't drink, and so thus you cannot get them. Booze is now off. And and, and the booze for the casual, like, work relationship, that's the easiest one in the world because you just go to Vendome and you find something that looks like it's a decent bottle but it's not too expensive. Like, you try to look for expensive bottle but cheap, whether it's wine or scotch or whatever, and you buy 18 bottles of that and you just stick a bow to it and you just walk around the office and hand it out. But then there's those asswipes that don't drink. And if you don't drink, the next thing you need is a team. Mm-hmm. 
once you have a team, it's easy, too. You get Bolt Bryant, some USC, whatever, you're done. So you, you have a team, and then if you don't have a team and you don't booze, then you need an animal. There's yes. people that's like, oh, Sharon loves hippos. She's fucking nuts with hippos. You get a hippo piggy bank, hippo pillow, hippo like hippo magnet, any, hippo any, salt and pepper anything. shakers. It's just those weirdo people that love right. love an animal. And my thing is, is and if you uh, have none of those three, you'll be signed one. I'll sign you an animal. What do you? What's your go-to? Aardvark. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Given all the aardvark miscellany out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's like my mom. She has no discernible anything at all. Right. Whereas my dad has eight million things that you right. can buy gifts around. Mm-hmm. So he always gets all the little trinkets and things like that, and and gifts actually. And then for my mom, it's always so hard. It's always this like, I think does she maybe like this? I think so. I don't know. What does she like? Romance novels. Garrett, you you have a team. You have anything? What did we do. get you this year? I'm, I'm a Seahawks guy. Mm, okay. I'm, I'm a Mariners guy. I was a Sonics guy. Could you, I'll get you a throwback Zorn it. jersey. A nice Sigma. Yeah. Nice mm, Gus Jack Johnson. Sigma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Zorn. That would be great, man. Yeah. See, there you go. What? Seahawks. Easy. Done. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Uh, let's see. Rob got a car detailing. Wait, Wanted got, a car detailing. Wanted a car detailing. <laughs> oh, sorry. Got the uh, Home Depot pocket. Oh, but that's pretty Old funny. Old and wax. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's uh, let's check out some news. Shall we? Uh, shall we get hop back a little mm-hmm. bit? Little Alice and uh, Rosen, Garrett, you hang out and uh, crack wise. You bet. You, you know me. <laughs> the rest of the news with Allison Rosen. Here are some hot baby names right now. Mm. So you could use these to name your baby of the month. Mm-hmm. And they're broken down by trend. So modern hero names like Monroe, which Mariah Carey named her daughter, mm-hmm. or Landry, as in football coach Tom. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Or Gatsby. Do you think Nick Cannon had a vote in the naming of the kid? No. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. But then, do guys really want to vote? Um, I think if they don't like the name. You should have veto power. Mm-hmm. Garrett, do you have any kids? I don't. I do you, don't. Do you but, have any names I, I on deck? I would like veto power. I actually would. Mm. It's true. Okay. Palin. Some people are naming their kids Palin. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. D'Artagnan was a possibility for my nephew. Yeah, that's that, that good. was quickly vetoed. D'Artagnan. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a that? silent G in there? I think strong. so, yes. And any one of the musketeers is strong. <laughs> so then there's uh, same Aramis. but different names, mm-hmm. which are popular names but spelled in an unusual way or similar. Like Isabella has given rise to Arabella. Or Annabelle, or and then Olivia has spawned Olivia with an A, uh, and then Emily and Emmett have spawned the name Emmett for a boy. Now I think Emmett is cute um, for a pet. Uh, yeah, the the names and the spellings it's 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 so it has slowed our society down to a fucking crawl because I don't like white people. You can't write anyone's name anymore. It used to be, hey, my name's Debbie, and you just go, all right, I'll just write Debbie down. Debbie. And now you have to ask everyone how it's spelled because it's mm-hmm. not spelled the way you would spell Debbie anymore. And it it happened all the time to me and Drew when we'd go out and play these colleges. Like, could you sign my book? Could you sign my thing? And it's always, they'd say their name, but it wasn't spelled the way you should spell the name. Right. And I would just like some sort of fucking moratorium on crazy name spellings. It, it fucks, like, it's like the Kardashians with all the uh, K's, like Chloe. Chloe's not spelled with a K. No, it is not. And you not. can't just decide I'm making my own shit up. 
That's you right. have to live in a universe. If you Kinda like, if you want the name Chloe, that's your goddamn business. But you're going to have to not do that super retarded thing where you name your kid and start the first letter with all all the same. Name him a common name, but then just change. It's kind of a half-assed uniqueness. Yes, right. You're getting. Yes. It's like, come up with a unique name or just spell it the correct way. I, I completely agree. Tangent. Now, yeah. see, Brian and I both oh, have yeah. what some people think are unusual spellings, though. However, no, I maintain... No, Brian's a gay spelling. It's not unusual. It's, it's, That's right. In the gay community, it's widely accepted. And, yeah, and mine's mm-hmm. the gay I'm way to gay. spell Allison. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, my yeah. parents claim that Allison with one L is the, was the more common way when they named me mm-hmm. when I was born in the 1940s, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, so then there are some ferocious names such as bear, fox, wolf, or lynx. Links. links. I do like links though? Yeah, you do. It sounds like sausage, though. Or cufflinks. They spell L Y N. Yeah, L Y N X. Yeah, but still gonna you're gonna get called sausage links. You are. It's true. Hot links. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. hot links. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait a minute. We had bear. Mm-hmm. Nah, fox. It's no good. Who's Fox. named Fox? Nobody's named Fox. Wolf. Wolf Blitzer is probably the only one with the <laughs> the wolf. Up Breaker, there, right? Ranger, and Wilder. And Mike Lynch, Breaker. I hope you chime in if any of these are names that you had possibly considered for your baby. Wilder. Yeah. Breaker. And then there's a lot of names. Breaker Breaker's a, an Arena League football name. Like, it's you also know. a shortwave radio name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the you know, the Cincinnati Breakers. It's like it's it's like a it's name of a uh, it's name of like a triple A baseball team or something. That's not right. Good. Eventually, it'll be Breaker for a girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then... Breaker Hyman. <laughs> <laughs> nice Jewish girl. I went to school with a guy whose last name was Seaman. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. But I was a little bit too young to understand. Yeah. Same spelling. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, and then we- there's a lot of names that uh, have to do with West. So West, Weston, Wesley... And then also Western-themed names like Boone, Bo, Wyatt, Wiley, Cole, Colt, Zane, Shane, and Maverick. Mm Mm-hmm. She's not even getting any crazy black names. There's all just crazy, dumb white names. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Then there's a lot of crazy, dumb names involving the letter A. Oh, A is a, Adam, A is the hot new vowel. Mm, I knew it. Acacia, Ada, Anais, Annalise, Anouk, Aria, (laughs) Athena, Aurelia, Azalea. And for boys, Alistair, Ambrose, Aragon, Archer, Arthur, Augustus, and Axel. Here's my uh, thing with this. I think you're hobbling. I mean, these kids have a lower batting average than all the guys named Mike and Matt and all the chicks named Susie and Lisa out there, right? Because their parents are dumb and they're trying to overcompensate by giving them a cool name. But nothing makes up for the horrible parenting that they're about to do. (laughs) Yeah, poor Alistair. I do. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I do. All right. Okay. Here. What would you name your kid? Me? Yeah. You know, I I liked the name Olivia for a while mm-hmm. and Abigail. Mm-hmm. But I think those are super trendy names, actually. It's yeah. This whole thing that I've mentioned before, which is when people give their kid a trendy name, they're not aware they're doing it. It's just no. that they haven't heard that name for a while. And they're like, ooh, that sounds pretty. And then all of a sudden they realize everyone else in that generation no. also thought, ooh, that sounds pretty. Everybody, I hate that. every Half the people I know... That are that are around my age had a kid and named the daughter Zoe. Mm-hmm. 
or Chloe or Zoe, and they thought, oh, that's perfect. That's a cool. It's a cool name right. that no it's one unusual. has, and it's unusual. And now you go to the party, and there's seven six-year-olds all yes. named Zoe because everyone thought collective, like individually, they thought, ooh, this is a good name, but they didn't they didn't communicate. You know what I mean? It's a shame. Yeah, I mean that's it. Just why, shows how unoriginal and sort of robotic people are. Well, that's why you know my son fuckwad. I didn't take any chances with that boy. How'd you spell it though? <laughs> He'll be a spider. C H C H. Garrett, do you meet a lot of Garretts? Mm. More than I used to. Yeah, uh, you know Garrett you, Anderson was big. You know, you were the only Garrett back in the day. Now there's a lot of <laughs> Garretts nipping at you. Yeah, and that with my heels. last name, you know, woo, mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. school was fun. Did you ever meet another Dillahunt? Oh yeah, I mean you got half a dillweed, half of dick, and most of cunt exactly in there. Carrot, That's a disaster. Carrot dildo cunt. That was my Car- oh that, carrot that dildo my, cunt. Yeah, that was <laughs> my nickname in school. Nice, right? Good. Top that, you know, uh, off off the cuff. You can't carrot, do it. No. I don't like that. Yeah, I've Here taken this power. Are mm-hmm. twenty five celebrity couples you never knew existed? Oh really? You mm-hmm. mean because they broke up? Yeah, mm. some of them, but some of them I knew. By the way. Uh, Scott Bayo and Pamela Anderson were together in '91. Yeah, Scott, and there are some some photos. They so. all involve Scott Bayo. <laughs> well, yeah, the next one is Scott Bayo and Brooke Shields. Oh, I, hold I on, I'm glad I was sitting down. He got around. A lot of these are going to be like once on the way up, ones on the way down. They met mm-hmm. in the middle briefly. Mm-hmm. Helen Hunt and Matthew Broderick. Hmm. How do you feel about Helen Hunt? One of my best friends from high school hates her. Hates her. Hates her. Just doesn't even know her. But just like I, she. I remember back in the day when Mad About You was popular, she's like, I just can't stand hearing about her, can't stand anything about her. And to me, she seems pretty inoffensive. Um, I You partied with her, right? Yeah, I partied with oh, her. Oh, that's right. You know, we both had a pretty bad Coke problem in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, as I said, I was uh, out with um, uh, Dan from the, the Dan Band. And, oh, right. Finity. Dan Finity, great guy. And his wife is... Kathy Najimy? Kathy Najimy, right. And it turns out Kathy Najimy knows every famous actress on the planet. And we all found ourselves at some upscale restaurant in in Vegas. And I was just... It was his party, but she flew me out as like a gift for him. Worst <laughs> cornholing I've ever got, by the way. Oh, the girth on that man. And... um <laughs> I found Some myself, people learn to enjoy that. <laughs> I did by the end of Relax. the night. This is this is us. Yes. Wow! Look at that. Yeah, it's a bunch of chicks you recognize, and so I found myself sitting uh, next to Helen Hunt. It looks like you're in hell. I don't know where I am. I'm just getting working on getting drunk, and I'm sitting at a dinner table next to Helen Hunt, and I just thought to myself, uh, "What do me and Helen Hunt have to talk about?" And then at a certain Menopause? point, yeah. We're getting to that. I had a hot flash, and she said, uh, hey, I loved your movie. And I was like, what? You saw my movie? And she said, yes, I did. And I just did the celebrity uh, math, where I was like, who gave you my movie? Where would you get my movie? Hammer, hammer. And she said, I, I, went to, I said, I went to the movie theater, and I saw it. And I was with my uh, boyfriend, and we both loved it. And then I was like, well, Helen Hunt, I'm now... Her boyfriend, Matthew Broderick, in 87? <laughs> yeah. I'm your biggest fan now. You went to a fucking movie theater and saw my movie? 
You're Helen Hunt, baby. Didn't a lot of people that? saw your movie, right? I mean, I know I saw that movie. Because uh, they just fight fans saw that movie. I don't know if they just... I feel like people just, you know, just got it at Blockbuster and, and then passed it around to their friends. I don't I don't know who saw it. I just, I just have, you know, semi-low self-esteem, so I just figured, what the fuck would you see my movie in a theater for? And um, she saw it. Nice of her. Yeah, so then, now I'm a then, huge Helen Hunt fan. Then the large girth cornholing happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By Dan. Mm-hmm. So here's too much information. Mm-hmm. I recently was on the receiving end of an aggressive rectal exam, which is the first one I'd ever had, and there was a lot of lubrication involved, and it gave me a great awareness aggressive. of the whole... <laughs> <laughs> I was describing it as, as enthusiastic until my friend Spirited. said... Mm-hmm. Yeah, until my friend said, wait, you mean Joyous. you were enthusiastic or Inspired. he was? Yeah. So I've, I've had to go to the less vague aggressive because, uh-huh. you know, the whole, right. whole a very of- insist situation, which mm-hmm. apparently they wanted to back, back a rear view of. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I now have an appreciation for the whole dry anal rape thing. Mm-hmm. There oh, was yeah. lube involved. But, you right, know, because sure. whenever you say dry anal rape, I right. say... Would that be so different than just anal rape? Let me simulate. But I think me, it wouldn't. Let me simulate the lube involved. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I'm done. That would be funny. That would be funny, actually. <laughs> if Even if he did the thing where he, he like snuck the KY behind no, his face would, and did the profile. No, hold on. You don't see a fucking thing. You just hear it. You just hear it. That's, That's the whole true. thing. Like when a guy would go, uh, now listen, I, I, you know, I know this is uncomfortable. I'm trying to make this as easy, easy as possible. Like I've, 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 I've gotten some uh, water-soluble lube, and I've actually warmed it up to body temperature. <laughs> so let me reach for that. <laughs> 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 just, just for a guy to sense of humor. You know what I mean? Just see if he could get you to dilate just a little with laughter. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Too bad this guy didn't do that. Uh, Judd Nelson. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Have you, that, have you that, had that? No, uh, I had I had the digit dropped on me one time, um, and I it was just during a you know general uh, you know checkup I had like five years ago, and it was funny because me. the guy <laughs> was looking at a wisdom tooth and uh, in the alley the guy uh, the guy said it's funny because the guy said I I hadn't gone to the doctor too many times in my life because it's uh, you know sort of poor guy with no insurance and everything. And um, the, the guy, like, he, you know, he did the, you know, he did all the other tests. And then he went, well, now it's uh, time for this one. Uh, so drop your pants. And he put the glove on. And he's like, now you know how this goes. And I was like, uh, actually, I do not. Mm-hmm. You, are, you will bust my behind with your index finger today, my friend, because it has not been pierced thus far. And uh, I remember just thinking... There's nothing worse than when someone goes, well, you know how this one goes. And you're thinking, I have no fucking idea. Yeah. And then it's that sort of thing. I, the same reason why I try to stay away from the backdoor stuff. The same reason why I don't do heroin. What if I really love it? You know what I mean? Interesting, yeah. What if that guy drops that digit and all of a sudden you just hear angels singing? Right. And fireworks. You know what that, I mean? Yeah, see, for, that would be worse for you than for me, because for me, it would just involve a modification to my sex life. For right. you, it would involve a whole different lifestyle. Yeah, I'd have to come home, say bye to the kids and the wife. <laughs> uh, yeah. Your wife has digits, too. Well, that's that's true, but I... I that's, that's true. I'm going to write that this down. Is, oh, true. my God, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Dan Finnerty's so girthy, you know. Yeah, anyway. 
Yeah. Judd Nelson and Shannon Doherty in 1993. Yeah. John Stamos and Marley Matlin. Uh, ah, Uma ah. Thurman and Gary Oldman. Mm, they were Sher- married, right? They married? I thought so. I think yeah. so. Huh? Sarah Jessica Parker and Robert Downey Jr. Now, uh, that one I knew. Who didn't know that one? Yeah. Nah, I can't remember that one. Yeah. Martha Plimpton and River Phoenix. Uh, I had the hots for River Phoenix, and I did not see what he saw in Martha. Um, that's my co-star, so I can't. Uh, help. Oh, I can't participate. No, I'm saying way back then. Now, <laughs> now I get it. This, well, she, when I was like 13, she was Joaquin Phoenix was in Parenthood with her, right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I wonder if that's the connection. Huh. That's a that's a strong name too, Martha Plimpton. This is a strong. Just that's a good, just strong name. She's There's not a cool, lot of Marthas yeah. anymore. Is she a George Plimpton kid? Is she granddaughter no, or something? There's any no, relation to I th- Plimpton? I think there is some distant relation, but she's uh, her parents were in Hair together. Keith Carradine's her dad. Oh, really? Yeah, Keith Carradine and her and her mom, uh, Shelley, were in Hair together. Wow. Original production of Hair on Broadway. That's a nutty dad. Just to a have. couple of kids stripping down. Sure, getting naked, free love Pregnant. in the park, man. There you go. And there's Martha. Mm-hmm. January Jones and Ashton Kutcher. This came up at one of our live shows because mm-hmm. I was saying that I'd read an article that he apparently told her that Eat she... more pussy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That she should give up acting because she wasn't any good. Oh, she really? She showed him. Yeah. Sort of. Uh, really? Not that good. And he's going to win She's a... She's good ca- on Mad... She was good on Mad Men, but she was not good on SNL. He's going to win Academy Award for those Nikon spots? For his marriage. Yeah, what's mm-hmm. his deal other than sitting around looking cool? So he has chops? Uh, I mean, he looks, he does look cool. Yeah. He did punked. I, think I don't know. I don't I, watch Two and a Half Men. I have this theory that there are people that look like they know what they're doing, and he's one of them, and we mm. just get in line. Yes. And then there are people that don't look like they know what they're doing, which I think is me. And people are like, fuck you. We're, we're, going, we're following Kutcher. He <laughs> looks like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I think you look like you know what you're doing. What are we talking? Doing what though? I, Wrenching. I don't. I have. <laughs> I have people laugh. Hey, listen. I'll say it once. I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it once. Say it again. When I did Dancing with the Stars, they just there were just like 14 celebrities or something, just fucking random celebrities. And there was a couple. There were like Christy Yamaguchi, who was like, "All right, this chick's a you know she wins gold medals on the ice for ice dancing. That that's a lock." And then there was just the rest of us. You know, uh, Penn Gillette, guys like that. You know what I mean? Uh, when the Vegas odds came out, I was 50 to 1. I was at the very bottom of the thing. Now, I was no uh, Fred Astaire. That's for goddamn sure. Still still not. But I was all league high, athlete in high school and stuff like that. Like, I had a, an athletic background. It wasn't like I'd been in a wheelchair. I mean, why Why are you just going 50 to 1 for me? And there's plenty other slugs on the in the lineup. There's plenty other guys with two left feet. Yeah. Why sight unseen, nobody saw any practices, nobody did anything. I've just if, if me and Ashton Kutcher were in the same thing, he'd be he'd be 3 to 1 and I'd be 50 to 1. But it wouldn't be yeah, based on weird. anything. It's like they're just thinking, man, show, oh, that guy wouldn't have the grace that you possess. They had no idea. No. It, were so athletic in high school. Right? They, they, they didn't know you boxed. No one, based anything, you. no one bases anything on anything. That's, that's the whole right. thing. Like, when I just say to people, I, I used to box, they go, oh, get the fuck out of here. You know, and I go, I used to play football, I'll get the fuck out of here. And I go, I build houses, I'll get the fuck out of here. So, you never did a, anything before what you do now. Right. And I also realize I'm a doof. Like, if, if Kutcher said he was... he. 
you know, he was a boxer or he, he, was, a, he was an athlete or something, you'd buy it. When I say it, you laugh at all. <laughs> I don't inspire anything in anybody. I, that's, what I, that's what I realize. But yet, I feel sad. I'm right most of the time. Mm-hmm. History will show. Yeah, no, people You'll don't. inspire posthumously. I, I tell people all the time, here's what you should do. And they go like, yeah, uh-huh. And they don't do it. Or I tell them, here's what I need you to do. And they go, uh-huh. And they don't do it. I do. I spend my whole life doing that. And people ignore what I say. And just kind of just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I can give you numerous, numerous examples of why. Listen, I did this. Uh, I did. Uh, who was I complaining about? Oh, it was at Telepicture Assholes. At, at a certain point, I was doing this. Um, they want to do some sort of show with me and Kevin Smith, and then uh, I'll, I'll get in all the details one day soon. But it came down to yes, a point. People have been wanting to know what happened. Well, at some point, it, it got down to it's either going to be Adam or Kevin Smith. It's not going to be Adam and Kevin Smith anymore. Uh, I think that's because of Kevin Smith. But uh, they said, yeah, we'll go with Kevin Smith. I don't know what they're, they're not, certainly not basing it on. What tel- is this show? Or do we not get to know it? Doesn't ex- it's never going to exist because oh. they went with Kevin Smith. Right, but right. the point is, is they had a decision to make. They didn't do it. They didn't give the nod to the guy who had 2,000 hours worth of television. They gave the nod to the guy from Clerks. Mm. And someone over at Telepictures decided, yeah, 50 to 1. That's all I'm saying. It happens when, a lot. Was this a long time ago? Or was this? No, it was like six months ago or something. I'll, I'll give you That's all the irritating. details as soon as, I, as soon as I figure all of them out. Well, I don't give a shit, but the point is is I don't inspire I do. any whatever. I don't anybody. want to work for someone who doesn't inspire whatever. Well, <laughs> Are you quitting? Did you just quit? The, the good... The, I mean, yes, I do. The good, the good <laughs> news is, listen... I look. My old, my own agent doesn't like me. Like I, I, when we were doing Bald Brian's benefit, I said, I told my agent, "Look, we're going to get a you know twelve hundred seater. We're going to charge two hundred, three hundred bucks a ticket. Where I'm going to get some bands. We're going to fill that place." And he was like, "Why is anyone going to that?" I said, "Well, that sounds like he doesn't like Bald Brian." Yeah. No, no. He he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Guys, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna be there." And he's like, "All right, no, no, that's not gonna work." <laughs> and I said. Yeah, it is. I got a, I got a big audience. They all listen to the podcast. It's definitely like, undercurrent of we don't want anyone to get embarrassed. Who's gonna be? Who's going to this thing? Like, was this thing? I mean, that's my own age. That's my agent. Mm-hmm. I like him. He doesn't. He didn't. The only people and and he put I, our odds at selling it out at fifty to one. Yes, it's for the you that way. <laughs> I will. I will tell you this. Um, the thing that's nice about being me, whether it's you know. Telepictures or the guys who make the odds in Vegas over Dancing with the Stars is uh, I go to Fresno and sell out a big theater on a Thursday night, and then I go to Sacramento and I sell out the Beacon or the Tower, sell out the Tower Theater on a on a Friday night. The the people they know the people are there, the people are are down, the people buy the books. Look, I, I've, I've said it a million times. I got a book advance. Sarah Silverman got a book advance. I got three hundred fifty thousand bucks. Sarah Silverman got. Over $2 million. So I've sold way more than twice as many books as she sold. Now, I'm not slapping Sarah Silverman. I love Sarah Silverman. She's a friend of mine, and she's a talent. But when somebody had to decide who we're going to give a shitload of money to for a book advance, it was not you. Mm-hmm. It would be her. And, and yet, and I yet, just have to say, to some people, 350000 for a book advance is like a fuckload of money. Oh, yeah. To some people. But it's not. But not. Not two two million or two plus. That's what I'm saying. Mm. I'm just 
based on you then, you are saying you're hedging a bet. You're you're, you're making a bet. You're going. I'm going to give you three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I will see if you can sell $350,000 worth of books or we can make $350,000 worth of profit. Now, I'm on my second bonus, whatever, for passing whatever, them, you know, getting square with them. That doesn't usually happen. But I didn't get millions of dollars. Nobody was betting on that for me. Now, the next time you do a book and the next time she does a book, will there be an impact? It'll change a little, but it's still not going to be mm-hmm. what it is. But, I mean, for her, will she have... If she were to do another one, would she have trouble getting the same advance if her book didn't sell as well as they oh, have? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they'll they'll base it. They'll sort of base it somewhat on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I imagine. I, I, I imagine because I got more for my next book just sort of based on this book. And then it'll go either way. You'll get less or you'll get more based on whatever. But I realize other than the people who listen to this program... I don't have tons of uh, supporters outside of this. I'm not making a me against the world thing, but right. I just mean it's like it's 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 you know if you tell it, whenever whenever I tell somebody oh we go to Seattle and uh, sell out the Moore Theater they're like what what who else it's, it's it's always like this the Bald Brian thing was like I mean that's my own agent he was like what's that I mean you know he knows I'm not a stand up <laughs> comedian he lives in New York whatever but I mean he was like. He had no, he had no thought at all that that, that we'd sell, especially at that ticket price. You know, two hundred bucks, yeah. three hundred bucks a ticket. Sadly, we shocked a lot of people. Yeah. Sadly, the right, the wrong people. Yeah, yeah, well, I understand it. I mean, look, some people get a little over, some people get a little under, some people are right where they should be. But uh, I, I, you know, the good news is, is everyone who listens to this show has, you know, proved a few people wrong. Let's but see, does does feeling like people don't believe in you make you ever make you kind of want to slink away? Because I think with me, even though I w- sometimes there's this thing in me where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to prove them wrong. But then I think there's also a part of me where I'd be like, oh, okay, bye. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I just do what I do, and I've always just done what I've done, and I've never really thought that much about it. If I was going to write a book, I'd just try to write the best book I could write, but it wouldn't be based on, you know, uh, I'm going to prove anyone wrong, or if I was going to make an independent movie, I'd just make the yeah. best independent movie I could make. But yeah, when I made an independent movie, everyone was like, what? I enjoyed it. What? Blah, 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 blah. You know, I was like, so th- thus telling everyone, there's no way this guy's going to make an independent movie that anyone's going to give a shit about. So obviously there's a weird lowered bar thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know maybe it's that way with a lot of people, but I don't feel, I, I, I feel like Josh Dumel doesn't get that. But you didn't. You didn't feel He's like got quitting. Fergie, <laughs> at all. Of butt. Hmm? You didn't no. feel like quitting. You were just sort of like, I'm gonna. It didn't affect you one way or the other. Um, I don't think your. Uh, I. I mean, I don't think that your belief in yourself should be based on other people's expectations. It should be based ultimately on a reality, which is: are people buying your book? Mm-hmm. Are they liking your book? Are they seeing your movie? Are they liking your movie? But. Is in terms of doing whatever it is you're going to do, I, I knew no one was going to let me make a movie or star in a movie. I mean, that's why I made it. I mean, there was like there was there was no possibility that anyone. But you've been on Dawson's star. Creek. I know, <laughs> I know. Did all week on Dawson's Creek, all and yet week. no. I look, I I 
I did uh, the Man Show, and all we did is sketches on the Man Show, and it was always like, "But can you act? Can you act?" And I was like, "Yes, that's what we did. It's called acting. That's it's, it's a little different, but it's still acting." Right. And I don't, I don't. You're not crying, but it's still you're doing a Man Pons commercial. <laughs> There's still some pretty pretty serious chops to do a Man Pons uh, commercial. But you know, I understand that's I understand that's how it works. But I do understand. And I really love to write a book about the dynamics of the people that folks think are more competent than they probably are. And I put Ashton Kutcher on that. On the cover. Mm-hmm. Or, and uh, I put him on there. And, you know, I'd put, uh, look, let's, let's put it this way. Uh, Matthew... Lillard. Sorry, Lillard. Lillard. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. She went for the high we percentage. for Lillard? Matthew Lillard. Wow. No, Matthew McConaughey made his own movie when uh, I made my movie. Oh. And Surfer Dude? Surfer Dude. He, yeah. you know, starred in, wrote, produced, whatever. It was a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a movie that was good. But anybody looked at me and looked at Matthew McConaughey and said, this guy's going to make his own movie, and this guy's making the movie, they would all just bet on Matthew McConaughey because Matthew McConaughey looks like he knows what he's doing. His movie's a fucking disaster. Like, it's an embarrassment, and that's what happens when Matthew McConaughey gets to direct or gets to write or gets to produce or do whatever. He makes a movie that stars Matthew McConaughey with a shirt off and can't can't get a release. Who else goes on the cover of Overly or Falsely Competent Weekly? I would, uh, well, now, see, there's two, you, you know, I, I would like to work this out. Yeah, McConaughey's up there, Kutcher. way up there. Yeah, Kutcher's way up there. Yeah, to work that, that out. What did he do? What did he do in this Who's movie? Did, did he produce Is it? Is that Steve Zahn down there? Did he write it? Apropos to, it was a, it was oh, Steve, Steve Zahn, yeah. It was a total disaster. Scott Apropos to this, though, wouldn't you rather be you who has a maybe smaller fan base, quote-unquote, than McConaughey, but McConaughey's fans say, oh, he's great, and then it's like, well, would you go see this movie if it came out? And they're like, eh, maybe, maybe not. Whereas Adam Carolla has a smaller number of fans, perhaps, probably, but who say, Adam's awesome, and they say, would you see this movie if it came out? And they say, yes, I'm going to go see it, and therefore your stuff does better on some level than his stuff. Not just him, for example, but like the, the people who have the casual fan base. Better, I mean, probably better to be the pleasantly surprised in the pleasantly surprised category with your book or your movie or whatever it is you're doing. And, and yeah, also better to just have your smaller, hardcore group of people, because ultimately... The theater only holds 900 or 1,000 people, so anything past that is sort of academic in, in, its own, in its own weird way. All right. I'm trying to think what women could be on the cover of Not As Competent As They Seem Weekly. Mm, Would may, you put may, Sarah Jessica Parker on I there? I might toss Oprah? her on there. Ellen? Yeah. Oh, Ellen, yeah. Yeah. We can work that out. Yeah. And to be fair mm. to my friend uh, Sarah Silverman, I'm not putting her on there. I'm saying... She looks cool, and I look like a dillweed. And that I is understand. An, it's an attractiveness issue. You thinking? Or it's something? a persona. You know, it's also what you build. Hygiene, uh. hygiene. It all factors in. Stinky farts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Garrett, mm-hmm. how concerned are you with what other people think of you? You know, I used to be really concerned about that stuff. It used to really get to me. I want you want everyone to like you, and but uh, but after a while, I'm, maybe that's an age thing too. Recurring theme tonight. You just you just don't care, you know. Mm-hmm. You just you just want to do stuff you're proud of at the end of the day, you know. You don't feel like shit about when you're 
on your deathbed. Wish I hadn't have done that. All right. End of the news. That's the news. I'm Allison Rosen. Dip it, cunt. That was the news with Allison Rosen. Uh, McConaughey produced, starred, and played on the soundtrack of Surfer Dude, which did $52,000 at the uh, box office. How much did Hammer do? It did that in the first month. Oh, I don't know what the final shit was on it. It's it's not quite right, whatever's on the IMDb thing or whatever the Rotten Tomato thing was, but uh, like 500K or something like that. Had a $6 million uh, budget. Uh, the Hammer, I'll tell you, every time I go out on the road, I sign 25 of those things. So Harvey Weinstein must be making money somewhere. But, uh, you know, McConaughey looks like he knows what he's doing. I secretly think he doesn't, and I secretly think it's all about something in the eyes. There's something between the eye and the jawline that makes people go, Ooh. that guy. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want your pi- the pilot of your airplane if he looks doughy. <laughs> yes. You know it's a level I mean? of pastiness. There's pasty a pasty doughiness. doughiness that you don't want versus that nice right. cleft in right. the chin. Yeah, get you know that I mean? dimpled that's, asshole out of the cockpit. That's that's what you want. And and we we respond on some kind of level to that. And like I said, it's just like that dude. It doesn't if you don't look like like an athlete, then you don't. It, it's it's you know it's the funniest thing in the world. Or not the funniest thing, but <clears throat> started off. Um, this uh, afternoon, this morning, this day, whenever you're listening to this, we were talking about um, uh, what the fuck were we talking about? Oh, uh, um, I can't what's think of his name. Oh, we're talking about the calves of uh, what's his name? Sasso. <laughs> Those are nice. Of calves. Javier Bardem's calves. Javier Bardem's oh. calves. Yes, <laughs> Javier Bardem. And uh, I was watched. Uh, over the weekend, uh, last weekend, I was watching uh, John Bones Jones, the MMA guy, just beat the yeah, fucking man. kill another that human being something. in the ring. And John Bones Jones has literally no calves. Like, he just does not have a muscle in his calf. He just doesn't. Yet, he'll fucking kick your teeth right out of the side of your head with those calves. And he'll move like a cat with those calves. And he'll give you a front ball kick that'll drive your nose back <laughs> through the back of your head with those calves, mm-hmm. except for there's no calves. And that's kind of how we base our thing. Like, if you look down at him, you'd go, I could kick that guy's ass. He doesn't have calves. But I'll ignore the 6'4", 205-pound uh, part. But the there's something about... You see him sitting. If you, saw, <laughs> I'm sure, if you saw Javier Bardem's calves, you'd think he could kick the shit out of John Bones Jones and his calves, but it ain't what it looks like sometimes. And for yeah. some reason, John Bones Jones with no calves can produce incredible velocity off the ball of his feet when there doesn't appear to be a muscle right. there to propel it. Could be a grower, not a shower. And push it right through the side <laughs> of your head. And I'll, I'll bet he's a shower. That's him. I'll bet, I'll bet all of God's work went into his dork. Because <laughs> God always says, you want calves or you want a cock? Right. Your you've, choice. You've seen the license Your plate, friend. Sophie. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus. Oh, righty. Yeah. You find any picture of Harvey, Javier Bardem's calves? Has no. <laughs> he gone calf bearing calf. any movie? Is he wearing shorts? I think I saw it. Check that, Mr. Skin. I think I saw it in, like, uh, Jenny Christina Barcelona or something. <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what was the first one he did? He played that, the Cuban, the Cuban oh, poet. In, uh, he was always in his swim trunks and stuff. Collateral. Off. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
No. Oh, uh, oh, you mean it's like Che Guevara or something? Yeah, Before we'll Night it. Falls? Yes. Yeah. All right, we're not going anywhere until we find his calves. Oh, jeez. Our John Bones Jones. There's no calves. Whatever you like. Garrett Dillahunt, everybody. Oh, Such boy. a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Raising Hope. Tuesdays, 9.30 on Fox. Give my love to Kirschenbaum. He's good people. He's good people. Also, uh, you can check out the, where, the uh, website at Garrett-Dillahunt. And Dash is D-A-C-H. I mean, <laughs> S-H. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you get a little calf shot there. Not quite, not quite as strong as the frontal shot I'm looking for, for a nice frontal shot. But you can see there's definitely a lot to work with there in the camp department with uh, Bardam. Penel de Cruz, a lucky lady. Yeah, I is. feel like he shaves his legs. All right. Uh, also, you can Twitter, <laughs> Twitter Garrett Dillon uh, if you want, and you can, uh, like I said, Why don't you stop talking for a while? <laughs> they are shaved. Come on. Uh, oh, those, those little hairy. It's good-looking calves, though, right? Yeah. It's a solid man calf on, on He's that. He's got a base. Yeah, it's got a good, solid base to work <laughs> off of. All right. So, and I'm telling you, John Bones got, uh, got way less than that. All right, where was I? So, until next time. This is, let's see, what do you got, Garrett? None. Now you got a little something. None. No. Oh, uh, there's Bardam. Yeah, now look on the left... Look on his right All calf. Right. Look on his right calf there. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of definition lot of there. Stuff going on. Yeah, that's a, that's calf. That's right. That's right. We'll be right back. Oh yeah. So <laughs> now here's what I don't like. All right. <laughs> he would say, "Oh yeah, you know why I got these? Because I used to play a lot of soccer back in the day." But what's John Bones Jones do other than fucking kickbox all day? So where his calves? Right? Corolla's right. excited. I'm pissed off. So, joke from God. until next time, this is Adam Carolla, for Bald Brian, Garrett Dillhunt, and Allison Rosen saying mahalo. I recently was on the receiving end of an aggressive rectal exam. And that was Garrett Dillahunt back in 2011. Love that nickname. His wife is actually a famous actress that we all know as well. See? There you go. All right, before we get out of here, let's do another Rotten Tomatoes game. Matt Atchity is back. What do we got? Adam Krull Show, 1890. Pamela Adlon, Matt Atchity, Gina Grad, Brian Bishop. August of 2016. Rotten Tomatoes game number 86. Matt Atchity returns in studio for a school-themed round of the Rotten Tomatoes game. Let's find out what happens. The game. Yes. <clears throat> the game is you have to guess what the critic score was on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Uh, you can go above, you can go below, it doesn't matter. Well, I always look at, I love uh, the thing on, when you look at Apple TV, is that the tomatoes? Yes. yes. Yep. And then you look at, if you scroll down, the customer reviews. The audience score. Those are always right on point. Those mm. are the things that I look at. They're completely my feeling. So, oh, these are like the reviews, the written out reviews talking. Yeah, about. like the people oh, are yeah, saying, yeah. I, I was looking for this everywhere, yeah. and you know, but I mean, I, I like knowing what people think, but the customer reviews are, are my gem. Well, write down your score now. Oh, so I write that, way, that, that way we can't yeah. base it off of each right. other's yes. score. Yes, okay, yeah. Write your score down percentage wise. Okay. See the piece of paper? No, she's got it. Okay. I got it. Okay, all right. So, this is Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah. High. But the movie was. Probably initially discarded a little bit as a you know teen titty I'm movie, but there's a lot more to it, and lots of laughs, 
And Cameron Crowe wrote it. Yeah, very yeah. funny. Based on his his experience right. going undercover school, as that. Yeah. Yeah, as a student at the school. I am going to say the critics uh, liked it a lot. I can't figure out how high it is. I'm going to give it 88. I like where your head's at in terms of it being sort of like discarded initially. I think it probably was looked down upon as sort of this teen sex movie or whatever, but... I think most, given the nature of Rotten Tomatoes, I think most of the reviews are recent after the facts. So I said 85. Interesting. I'm right there with you guys, 84. I said 89. Wow. And I wrote it. So (laughs) Wow, you're here. Fast Times at Richmond High, certified fresh at 78%. Oh, Oh, all right. right. I always say to people, what are you expecting out of a comedy here? You know what I mean? What what are you looking for? Funny movie? Yeah. Insightful? Yeah. All right. right, 78. There's Titty and Bush. Yeah. Next up, are you reading Mm -hmm. the poster? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, next movie of the game, uh, 1986 film starring Rodney Dangerfield as a uh, business magnate who decides to prove to his son that college is not that bad, and he goes back to school. This is one of those movies that there's no way I'm going to be able to figure this out because Mm. I love it so much from my childhood that I can't get a read on if everybody else loved it or if it was just me. I wish I liked Rodney Dangerfield. Everyone in the industry loves him. They look up to him. They always say he got everyone their start and everything. And I met him one time. He came on Loveline, the TV show, to do his movie Meet Wally Sparks, which I'm guessing would be rated a little bit lower Mm -hmm. than Back to School. And I did the move where I was going to go in like I do with all the guests and just say hi before the show. And then I always give them the speech of, you know, say whatever you want. If the show's bad, it'll be my fault, but not your fault. So just go in and just chime in because it's a weird format. People are telling their problems are on the phone. They're in the audience. It's not a usual format i want i want them to make sure they could feel comfortable giving some people don't feel comfortable giving advice mm-hmm. to you know teens on tvs so as talk say whatever you want and then he just like um <clears throat> he was just in his dressing room in his bathrobe and not dressed just in his bathrobe and i said to him uh i said hey i'm the i'm am i'm the host I just want to say combine say hi and uh and he was like what for and I was like, I was saying hi, you know, before we come. Yeah, okay. And I was like, okay. I was just glad to have you on and, and say whatever you want. Yeah, okay. Like, sort of like, what are you doing in my yeah. dressing room? And I'm like, I'm just, I was almost a little confused. Like, maybe he just doesn't know who I am. But he, uh, so I said, just, just come on in and uh, have a good time. I think he was like getting high in his bathrobe or something. And then after the show, they do that move where the producers run out. And they have the cue cards, and they do the uh, thing where you go, uh, Hi, I'm Rodney Dangerfield. Watch me tonight on Loveline. Hi, I'm Rodney Dangerfield. Watch me coming up tomorrow on Loveline. You get like three of those. It's the same thing you do like when yeah. you do the Tonight Show, and Jay Leno's got to do the affiliate thing, and you have to stand with them. He's like, Connie and Steve, thank you for watching more local news after this. you know. And you do – he was like – I, I I gotta go after the show. <laughs> the, the producers were like, "No, just sit there for one second while they go." Hi, I'm Adam. Rodney Dangerfield tonight after you know Road Rules, and he's like, uh, "I gotta go." And we're like, just hang we out. could have been done with it. And by we're like, now. "What do you got to do, Rodney?" He's like, "I got to get a haircut." Wow. <laughs> like, can we just hold off on the haircut for seven, four minutes? No. He just got up and left. And I was like, what a fucking douchebag. And uh, then he died. 
Anyway, oh. New Lolly Sparks, fourteen percent. Oh, wow. <laughs> he'll uh, he'll be missed. Oh. All right, back to school. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yes, Sally Kellerman. Oh, okay. If you okay. saw this, now this is one of my. If you saw this movie when you're fourteen, you think it's mm-hmm. ninety four. Yep. But if you saw it at forty four, <laughs> probably not as high. Okay. Burt Young, still not too. bad. Burt Young. I'm going to say I have no idea. I should remember being amused by this movie, but not thinking it was. It was oh, I've never funny. seen it. I'm going to say sixty one. I said seventy. Wild guess. I am afraid that I love it too much, so I just went with 50. I'm going 68. Back to School is fresh at 84%. Oh, oh no. There's no, Jesus. There's no God. I hate okay. this game. Yeah, but there's, there's a lot of after the fact. There is no universe. But, you know, there's you have n- to consider that maybe like three people or, you know what I mean? I mean, this uh, is a, oh, no, this is critics. Hold yeah. on. I hold on a second. This is. A fair bit higher than Fast Times at Richmond High. Hmm. Oh Think yeah, about that. all yeah. right, Matt. Yeah. it's time to. It's time to. I'm fired. It's time to just fold up, Ken. <laughs> like, this maybe the Suicide Squad fans had it right. This is insanity. This is. I should have read that. Should have read more of that petition. You know, if there is a flaw with the Rotten Tomatoes site and the way they do things, it's too many after the fact reviews when they're going to be the history is on the mm. side. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's going to be well. Uh, it's like a guy who's like talking about like when he was in school and he's like, I love this. I have to give it like yeah. a ninety. I want to see the reviews from the day that it came out. That's I right. see what people thought Ooh. at the time. Well, interesting. That's right. All right. Well, people love Rodney Dangerfield. I think that that's a lot of it. You don't. Well, it's, that's no. one of his more accessible <laughs> movies too. He's less. Yes. The freak show that you see in some of the other ones, like Meet Wally Sparks. All right. All right. Next up, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger goes undercover as a school teacher as he's trying to track down the fugitive oh. father of one of these kindergarten, kindergarten. kids. The movie is Kindergarten Cop. Saw this in the theater. Blech. Yeah. Never Blech. saw this. At what year? No. You're fair. When I see the formula, when I see that formula where it's like, Vin Diesel's going to be a nanny. (laughs) I'm always like, uh, is this Ivan Reitman? Could be. Yeah, I think it is. That's that's a worthy question Um, for rating it. I'm going to try to, I didn't see this or twins either, by the way. Oh, uh, I love twins. Jesus. Uh, I'm going to... Wait, s- what's your name? I'm Gina. going to say... Hi. Hi. How are oh, you? Sorry, I should introduce you, you to. Uh, I'm going to say... i got to get back in this game, man. What is it? What is this it? This fucking blows. This blows. Whatever this movie is. <laughs> I'm going shit. 53%. Gina likes all of this shit. <laughs> I do, and I'm always wrong. It's weird. This is not that good of Wait, a movie. Wait, what did you say? 53 Wait, you got to write your number right, down. Uh, you said, oh, sorry, sorry. Right, okay, it's Kindergarten ahead. Cop. Ugh. This is not a very good movie, aside from a, f- a few admittedly great scenes. Overall, not a great movie, but I think people like it because it has kids in it, so I said 70. Mm-hmm. Wow! I went the other way. I got to get back in this game. 28. Dude. Oh, it's better than mm-hmm. that. It's, no, 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 no. no. I, said, I said 72. No wow. Gina, you could just quit now. Okay. Uh, 28. Kindergarten Cop is rotten at 51%. Ooh. Ooh. At least it's rotten. Adam. I'd be working my way back in this bay. bad boy. Good call, man. You're up by three points? This movie Two. sucks, by the way. Oh, Jesus. 
but All you right. love it. No, I hate this movie. Oh, you do? I like Titans and Okay, good. 51, 51 with the audience, so the, uh, the critics are right oh, on on this are one. Playing? Oh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the audience score. All right. All right. Next up, 1999 film that uh, retells the classic Shakespeare story, The Taming of the Shrew, in a high school. Uh, it stars uh, Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Larry Miller. What mm-hmm. else do you do that's wrong? The movie is 10 Things I Hate About You. I enjoyed this movie, and mm-hmm. I enjoy uh, Larry Miller. I love him in that role, mm-hmm. that uh, concerned dad I saw him role. gassing up his car the other day in the valley. Larry. Yeah. We love Larry. I wanted to say hi to him. I was a little starstruck. No easier guy to say hi <laughs> to. We're driving to Florida. So. Maybe he's gassing up the car to go to Florida. <laughs> uh, this is a fun, nice movie. It made me marvel at the high school, though. It made me angry at my high school. It's like up on a Joseph Gordon Levitt, did you say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. young Heath Levitt. You ask very good questions. Mm-hmm. Why and for you? points. <laughs> for very points. young David Krumholtz in this, too. Sadly, it's the best thing I do on the show. <laughs> uh, this high school must have been a private high school. It's up called uh, um, Verona. North, yes. No, it's called oh, Stadium nice. High School in Tacoma. Oh, my. Is it a private school? I, public. Every, oh. Public? Every time I see this place, I'm like, oh, my God. God, it's like the, the football stadium with a, a view of the Puget Sound or something. It's like it was amazing looking high school. My high school was really modeled after turn of the century prison. Like this weird yeah. grates on all. Everything was painted either weird olive drab yeah. color, weird orange, burnt orange, or just sort of blah beige. Like it was, a, it was an institution. Like Anti-joy. it was like a, somewhere between like a maximum security place and a men- mental facility yeah. like an it was an institution so the place that that high school was originally built and intended to be a uh, high-end hotel that resembled a french chateau oh, Jesus. wow but then Damn. there was a massive fire and it became too expensive and the tacoma school district bought it and finished construction and turned it into a school this Gary, is all I hope my late oh my god oh, i love nerds my god. all right nerds i like i like this Sweet. i like this movie i i don't know what the critics would have to say about it. It wasn't, you know, a nonstop laugh riot, but it was fun. Solid. It was, you know, formulaic and mm-hmm. all that, but it was good. And uh, I'm going to say 77. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I said 80. Yeah, <clears throat> I remember it being a big hit. I'm going 81. 94. Ooh. 10 Things I Hate About You is fresh at 61%. Ooh, oh, I thought the Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of situation would have... Wow. Mm. No, this is a better movie than that. Yeah. I hard. think. I agree. Um, Keith Ledger's hair always bothered me, right? Why? Because it was always so weird and Dirty. stringy and yeah. somethingy. Hot. Like, like Hot. It, it was always dry and Love it. weird. It was like... Dry and oily yes! at the same time, like Ugh. it's a weird combo. Like yeah. I got Brillo head, but we that's like just that. dry. And then there's I'm oil. Into it. But I'm I into get what it. you're saying. His hair was it has always been oily. weird. The women like you don't, it. You know, Uncom- I know what you're saying. It's just never bothered me. But I, you're, you're definitely it's not. not it's no young Val Kilmer hair. You're definitely not going to want to see the Dark Knight in that case. Oh, yeah. His hair is a mess. Even in this movie, it's weird and straw and yeah. weird, and it's just like oh, I always want him to like cut it off or you know. 
start over. It's oh, just, it's so cute. It's wet and dry. At the yeah. T- <laughs> all right. Gina, I, I like it. All right. Brian doesn't have a dog in his house. <clears throat> all right. All right. Last film, 2003. I have no idea what the score is, by the way. But here we go. I know. I don't work here anymore. Got to be in the lead. Mm-hmm. 2003 film, directed by Richard Linkletter. Uh, Jack Black stars as Dewey Finn, a would-be rock god who intercepts a call and becomes a <clears throat> substitute Best teacher. Best movie ever. Uh, the yeah. movie is F- School yeah. of Rock. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, thank you. And a huge Broadway hit. Ooh. Yes, huge. Musical. And is now being made into a TV show. Okay, the yep, weird coincidence, yep. weird, weird coincidence, I had dinner with the guy who's playing the Jack Black role. His name is Tony Cavallera. I had dinner with him on Friday, and he, the showrunner for that show, for season one, was yeah. the woman you just told the story about from your sitcom. Wow. How weird. Shout I was going to bring it up, but it felt like a non sequitur, but now here we are. Wow. Now I'm fucked. <laughs> Her, uh, I'm her, never doing the podcast please. again. I'll cut see her. By the way, don't. I, I I gotta see her brother tomorrow night in a stupid <laughs> fantasy awesome. football pick. Her brother-in-law. Do we we did the stupid listen parent. to this podcast. No. No. Besides, no. we do it first. Just the people in this room. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. This is a demo. We self uh, show. <laughs> we, we do. Uh, the guys they in the never booth. air. We. Uh, I got to do this father and son fairy tale football thing that yeah. I'm getting dragged into, and the picks are tomorrow night. And somebody, anyway. So fun. All right. Uh, where were we? School All right. Of rock. This is it. School of Rock. Okay. Look, okay. you do this move where you go 95% because who mm-hmm. didn't enjoy this film? Mm-hmm. I mean, who went, nah, not feeling it, or I don't believe it. <laughs> but it can't be 95, can it? Or can it? Or can it? <laughs> I'm going to say 89% just because oh. uh, I don't know why, but I think uh, a lot of these guys just for some reason have a problem with uh, Asian dudes rocking, especially oh, wow. kids. Here we go. I said 90. I also said 90. 95. School of Rock, certified fresh, 92%. Ooh. Ooh. Very close. Very Ooh. close. All right. Gary's going to uh, tabulate. Um, let's see. <clears throat> I'll tell you guys another. Are you tabulated, Gary? Dawson's ready? ready to go. Here we go. Gina Grad no. pulling in the rear. No. 85 points. Pam Adlon, right. welcome to the game. 84. Lowest score wins. Oh, Leaves would- Adam oh. and Brian. <laughs> Pam Brian usually wins this game. And today it's different because the ace man takes it 54 to 61. Nice. Thank you. Close game. All right. It's too bad this will never air. (laughs) (laughs) Can't hear my victory. No, it's not. And that was a Ron Tomatoes game, a school themed round. How did you do? These games are always fun, and the, the scores change every once in a while, too. So it might not be the same today. But. Thank you so much for playing and listening. Before we get out of here, God, let's uh, let's talk about Geico again. Because, look, we all own or rent. Whatever it is we do, we can bundle that policy with our auto policy thanks to Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with that auto policy. And it's a great thing because you have so much to do already. So go to Geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. How easy is it? Is Geico easy? Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. All right. That'll do it for Corolla Classics this weekend. The Adam Corolla Show returns tomorrow. We're uh, we're drinking some wine with Dan Dunn. So make sure to tune in for that. I always love when he comes in. And uh, we got a, we got a great week lined up. So 
Thank you again for listening to the show. Please tell a friend, rate and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening, uh, however you're listening to this podcast, and and let people know that the Adam Carolla Show is the podcast that they need to be listening to. All right, you good, Geo? I'm great. I can't wait to hear the next week of shows and prepare the next week weekend of Corolla Classics for everybody. Until then, mahalo and get it on. Mm-hmm.